0: Good
1: evening. Well, I don't know. How, how long has it been? It's been, I think, was it January? We last recorded that. Not, not last we recorded Science together because we, we've done some yeah, other yeah.
2: podcasts, but you and me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It might have been. It definitely was this year, though. I'm getting very
1: confused because it says that Emily and Maureen's talking. What? <laughs> On your Zoom, it says Emily and Maureen. Does it really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my wife's been using... <laughs> my wife's been using this for yoga. Ah. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that's the thing, right? Because um, <laughs> we... I mean, it, it might surprise some, some people that hear this, but um, we, we do not record this in a room together. Um, as wonderful as it sounds, quality-wise, it's just that we're really good at using microphones. Um, so yeah. we, we're quite used to um, not being in the same vicinity. And, of course, at the moment, we're not even allowed to be if we wanted to be. Um, so so your, wife is, um, your wife is using it for yoga. Yeah. Is that teaching or is that… Um, no, like no, classes? just participating. Okay. Because mm-hmm. my daughter's doing the same. Oh, okay. My daughter's doing the same. She has, uh, I don't know if they call it baby yoga… Um, I think they call it baby yoga, even though it's kids of like five, six, that kind of age. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was doing that before the school shut down, the world shut down. And now the the yoga teacher is using Zoom to, to do her classes.
2: Yeah. Which is, I
1: assume, what your wife is doing.
2: Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Zoom must be doing very well because you don't hear people say, oh, let's do a conference call on Skype, do you?
1: No, <laughs> I, I mean um, we were we were looking at um, I think the App Store the other day. We was talk, we were talking about Zooming Work, and it was like the, the second or third most downloaded app in the App Store at that time. Wow! And um, I think like a, a day or two later, I was watching a Sky News uh, debate thing, and Jeremy Corbyn was on, and he was saying. They were like saying how you know what are you doing in isolation and everything like that even though he was in the studio and um he was saying that he they were having all of their party calls or with uh, party members they' were doing it via oh. Zoom. And it was the first time i would heard someone actually say we're using zoom but the more TV I watch um oh. Trump, Trump's used zoom to do some of his press briefings um other oh. people are using it to do TV work remotely um it's become this, this huge product out of yeah. pretty much nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we've been using it for about a year, I think to do podcasts. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I, you know, it it was just this small thing that I heard about being in that industry. And now yeah. it's like my, my, my daughter is using that. And like, she uses the, I think it's called house party. I sound mm-hmm. like such an old man now. Um, <laughs> But I know she's used that because you can play games and stuff on that. Um, but she's used Zoom and she's used FaceTime to have calls with her friends so that virtually they're still seeing each other and talking to each other and everything like that. Um, mm. it, it's odd times, man, because I said like, to my wife, like, if this was 20 years ago, we'd have had none of this. No... Disney Plus, no netflix no streaming services of any kind mm. and no real
2: tools to do anything like this yeah yeah i was watching uh i've been because i've been quite bored i've been digitizing lots of old footage
1: because <laughs> i've been bored i've digitizing
2: okay. <laughs> well it's all on vhs and um some of them have been you know like around the time of like 9 11 and the millennium and things like that and it looks so old-fashioned. Yet, it's, in my mind, it wasn't that long ago. But you're right. If that era had to do what we're doing now, we'd be in much more trouble than we're in now. Yeah, we are lucky in that regard.
1: Mm. Um, I, I know you mean, though. Like, um, I saw a thing today. Obviously, I watch wrestling because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> and uh, people were, were talking about the fact that um probably the the best wrestlemania of all time happened today 19 years ago and i can still remember um being in my friend's dad's flat watching it because his Mm. dad used to spend a lot of time over in vietnam i want to say maybe cambodia um so he would spend about six months the year out there and in six months living here and um we used to. He was like out of the country, so we used to kind of use that as our dos pad after college and stuff. And I remember just going there and watching it live, and I, I, just, I remember it quite vividly. And like nineteen years ago, and I'm thinking it can't be nineteen years ago, mm. it, but it is. But mm. like, how can it be nineteen years ago? I know when I was when I was nineteen, I wasn't thinking that everything felt that much well. I suppose it doesn't what I'm kinda of getting at is it doesn't feel as old as it is. But it but it is. I just I just it's just so weird. I don't know if it's because 'cause we're older now and so looking back doesn't seem to be oh, as long, but it is.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I mean I, I play with my son, he's nearly a year old now, and you know, I take selfies with him and then I'll look back at them and think to myself, Well, who is this grey haired, wrinkled old man that's holding him up because that's not what i've got in my mind if that makes sense you've gone great well i've got gray hairs yeah i'm I'm sorry getting them in my beard Mm, i've got them in my beard that's why i shave it
1: (laughs) 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 i have actually because of what's going on um i think i've read somewhere that they were advising that um it is better to be close shaved rather than uh bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So I had a horrendous beard, horrendously long beard. I've been growing it for about four months, mm. and I shaved it all off. I shaved my head to a number three. It's not shave-shaved, but it's short um, as part of this. But mm. e-
2: even close-shaved, I've still got some grey hairs in my beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you have to wear a face mask at some point and you have a beard, it renders the mask useless. Uh. So there's a little top tip for you if uh, has anyone having to wear a mask and's got a beard. Might as well not wear the mask. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. Well that's yeah.
1: that's a thing as well. Like the people that I see wearing masks when I've, I've been out, um they're they they're either wearing like cheap ones from, from Screwfix. They're not wearing the the ones that they say are the the only ones you should be using to prevent actually catching it. Because most uh face masks, especially like the the cheap ones you normally like the disposable ones, I mean, yeah. Um, they stop you giving it to somebody, but they won't actually stop, uh, you getting it. If, mm. if somebody coughed in your face or something. Yeah. So it, it seems a bit redundant anyway, but, um, have you, um, cause obviously, you know, not only here in the UK, but in America now as well, like everyone's pretty much locked down. Mm. Um, what, have you spent
2: much time out? Um, yeah. Well, I, I've done my daily exercise, as yes. per guidelines, uh, which is about an hour a day, I think. Um, and, well, I live in the middle of nowhere, so I can go walking for miles and I won't see anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, except that one time that weird bloke was hanging around the woods. But anyway, apart from that, never see anybody. Um, and, but no, I've been driving. My son likes to uh, sometimes can't fall asleep. We, we're his afternoon naps. So sometimes I drive him around. Yeah. So I'm waiting to be pulled over by a copper and said, you know, why are you out? Um, I don't think the excuse trying to get my son to sleep will work particularly. Um, but, um, you know, I'll just say I'm driving home, which is technically true. Yeah, just a, just a slightly long way round. Taking the long way round, yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting out of the car, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not interacting with anybody. So,
1: but yeah, that's it really. I mean, I, um, I've i always loved shopping. Uh, I, I can't remember when I first started liking shopping, but I've always loved shopping. Probably, I'm, I'm assuming it's because I used to get taken to like comic and toy shops and stuff like that. Um, but I've always enjoyed the shopping experience and obviously Mm -hmm. all the shops are closed now except supermarkets. And, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've got a delivery on Friday and that was about three weeks after we, we kind of really needed one. So Mm -hmm. I've had to go out a few times to go and get suppliers Mm -hmm. um, from the supermarket. Now we've got two, one's on a retail estate, one is in a shopping center, both for about the same distance um but the one in the shopping center i obviously have to walk through the the town center to get to and uh like i went there today and it was so weird because it was a bit like being in like 28 days later or something Mm. because the town center was practically empty yeah um a few people uh, like queuing to get into a bank or something but not much um and then you, you go into the shopping center where the supermarket is and i went at uh, I got there about 10 past eight this morning. So they were, it was uh, an hour for NHS staff
0: mm,
1: mm. Uh, until nine. So I, I just, I knew I was going to have to wait, but that was fine. And uh, they they put tape on the floor so you got boxes to stand in. So that's mm. all fine. That's that's what you should be doing. And, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was good. Everyone was doing to that. The problem came when I got into the supermarket and then everyone seemed to forget what social distancing was. Right. And we're like reaching around you and... I get that people want to get in and get out. I, I do get that. But if you're not going to let people have some space, there's no point in what we're doing.
2: Yeah. At all. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine this carries on till Christmas? I did the Christmas shop last year and I was like, I'm never doing that again. This <laughs> is the worst, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the absolute worst.
1: I will say it was uh, last year's Christmas shop was a lot better because. It was just the well. It was the five of us last year. We had Lindsay's mum around as well, Mm. Um, but also because uh, we weren't eating meat or anything, it meant that the stuff that we had to buy was probably less um, less troublesome to buy. than you know we'd have to worry about where we was going to get a turkey from, or oh Jesus, they've run out of pigs in blankets. You know what we're going to do, Mm. and uh, Mm. we haven't we haven't got a bit of gammon yet. You know we'd we'd have like various meats, so. It actually wasn't too bad last year, but Christmas shops are the absolute worst. Oh, it's dire. You're right. I mean, we were talking... I was talking to somebody at work today. I've just joined a new team and I was um, on a call with uh, about nine Americans and I think all of them now are in lockdown, but some have been in lockdown longer than others because obviously Mm. they're in different states, different parts of America. And uh, one of them was telling me that uh, her daughter was supposed to get married on the 24th of May. Mm. So that's obviously been pushed back and they've now booked it in for the 24th of July. Mm. And she said, but I'm not even sure if that's going to happen. And I said, well, Mm. I said, if, if I'm completely honest, like we're possibly going to have this for about six months, Mm. potentially, Um, you know, no one knows for sure, but uh, you know, you, you, it's, hard to, it's hard to kind of plan um, that far in advance because you, you don't know. It, it's just, just, I suppose, because we never had to be in this situation before. So we're all kind of learning and adapting, but yeah. it doesn't stop it being weird
2: Yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. Well, the world itself has had pandemics in the past, just none of us were old enough to remember them. Yeah, you know, well, None of us were around for them. As I said, even Mr. D wasn't around for the Spanish flu. Yeah. I know. Um, and, yeah. But all of them, I think the, the shortest one was a year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and I mean, look, I know, I know we're supposed to be more advanced now in everything, but it still takes time to create a vaccine to find yeah. a cure or find a preventative. And pretty much until we do that, it's, it's hard to say what you can do. Yeah. Really, um, I mean, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about uh, the theme parks? Mm. Uh, because I mean, obviously, everyone knows you as the you know Mister Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, you certainly are eye my eyes. Um, oh, thank you. And and we're talking about that because I mean, we're kind of at this point of of the year. Universal a bit, we're well not a bit late. We're talking about the first of April, but we're expecting Universal to put an announcement out like any moment now about what the first house is going to be for Halloween Horror Nights, mm. and it's gone quiet. Yeah, we've seen speculation maps, and I mean, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that on here or or not, but um, you know, we've got a speculation of what might be on the table,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we know that construction was still going on. As of last week, but that was before the shutdown um, mm-hmm. in Florida, which I think has just been extended. Am I right in, in saying that? I think so. Yeah, Not only by a few days, but it's been extended. Um, and and we're in a position now where is you know is it when are these things going to reopen? Mm. Because theme parks surely are like one of the worst places to go to in terms of like the amount of people that are there.
2: Mm. Yeah. 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 Without doubt, you know, and I mean, hotel rooms as well. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not completely, uh, bug free. No. Um, you know, I've, well, they've often been reports that the, the TV remote in a hotel room has got more bacteria and germs on it than the toilet seat. So, <laughs> it's true yeah you know um so i d- i don't know i mean the, the the problem really is is that um these parks being closed and all of the ramifications from that you know the the hotels and then obviously dvc as well for disney um you know it's costing both of those companies a you know vast amount of money absolutely vast um and this will have very long-reaching repercussions for them, Um, particularly with Disney, who who have been spending a lot of money recently to get their parks up to scratch and celebrate their 50th anniversary in Florida. I mean, how much of that now is going to be scrapped or scaled back?
1: I saw... We we were talking about this on on um, the Disney podcast the other day, mm. and the estimate was that uh, when they had to close for um, the hurricanes the other year, that they were going to lose about thirty million a day. Um, mm. And as as we discussed on that episode, what I didn't take into account with those figures is that at that time the results were full of guests, and yeah. they were in lockdown as well, uh, yeah, for, for health and safety. Um, but they were in their hotels. So they'd pay for the hotel rooms. Yeah. They were still on property, which meant they could spend money yeah. um on food, on on merchandise. But but more importantly, they were there. Well yeah. they're not there now. No. So all of that is, is kind of is gone. All the food that they had which can't be kept frozen mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. that will have all been donated to you know homeless shelters or or um you know people in need or whatever Mm -hmm. um so that's you know that could be tens of thousands i'd imagine of food you know that they've spent money on that's gone to waste um so i i just don't understand how what they'll never recuperate the money will they
2: they can't no because
1: uh, how long can it be?
2: Well, also don't forget they've let loads of staff go as well. Yes. So they never, so in their mind, they know that this isn't a, a month's shutdown because they wouldn't have got rid of all those staff if it was. Um, so, that you know, them being disingenuous really and saying, oh, we're shut until, what was it, 1st of April, 2nd of April? And now they're saying they're shut until further notice aren't they the the lot yeah the last
1: they put an announcement out i think saying about the 15th of april then they put a thing out saying uh, and it, they'll they'll pay the staff until like the 18th of april or something yeah and now they've had to say they're going to shut indefinitely because basically they're ruled by the county yeah. so if they say you can't open or the county's in lockdown nothing can open so that's mm-hmm. it um and I did see today going, you know, some of the 50th uh, birthday celebrations next year, that they have let a lot of uh, construction workers go.
2: Yeah, well, they're not going to be working either. No. So
1: they're gone and they're going to scale back on what they were going to do and anything that was far along in the process. So uh, the Tron coaster, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster, and uh, Remy's. Adventure, which is due to open in like a couple of months, yeah, they're they're going to be fine in terms yeah. of the money will be there and they'll finish them off because they're so far along. But yeah, all of this other stuff that been they've been planning is is now like completely like on on the back burner.
2: So well, all yeah. this
1: stuff we were told at D twenty three now is is all
2: up in the air. Yeah, I mean if if you think about. Logically, and you use 9-11 as an example because they did do a lot of scaling back at 9-11. Mm. Um, anything that's in the ground, like, for example, the Reflections Hotel, that will probably have its footings put in and then its oversight and everything will be done and then it would be just left because they did that when they were building Pop Century. Was it Pop Century? It was where the Little Mermaid rooms are Oh, uh, Art of Animation. Art of Animation. So they poured the concrete, they did all the footings. I think they built the shell and then they just left it. Um, at 9-11, that was. So it wasn't until years later they came and turned that into a hotel. So that will probably get ditched. That then itself causes a huge problem for workflow and cash flow for DVC because Riviera is not selling at all. Um, the sales are really slow, and then with all this happening, they're not even going to be getting any sales. I don't think. Um, your Epcot entrance again—that'll be scaled back, I should imagine. Yeah. Um, but then everything else, like what you mentioned—you you know, your Space Restaurant, your Remy, your Tron—all of that Guardians is pretty much on its way. So they would cost them more to stop those projects, really. Um, but then things that are like concept stage that were going to go into the ground soon, like your Mary Poppins attraction, that'll be scrapped. You know, yeah. you, you, your bridge from Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom, that'll be scrapped. Yeah. You know, because they right. hadn't started them. So they don't, they have, there's no, all right, they may have spent out on planning and design and feasibility and all that, but that doesn't matter. They'll just scrap that. They'll just park it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's you know, as you said, the plans have done,
1: everything like right, so. There's nothing stopping him doing it again. Exactly that a, yeah. another time. But now is not the clearly not the time. Um, and the DVC is interesting, right? Mm. And I know you obviously you, you know all about DVC, <laughs> um, but I do wonder. Uh, I don't like to typecast, but I do mm. wonder if anyone will try and put together a lawsuit for them not you know,
2: basically paying for something they can't access. Uh, What do you mean? People buying reflections? No. So
1: I mean, like, so, so you've got DVC.
2: Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean.
1: Right. Every year you pay your your dues and um, cleaning and whatever kind of gets involved in that. But the whole reason for having it is because you get your points and then you can have your holidays and, and everything like that. Well, you're paying your money, but you you're not. You might not be accruing all that. And even if you yeah. are uh, getting all of that, yeah. the fact that you're not able to go there yeah. means that you're kind of throwing money at something that okay. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you know, if I wait another year and a half, if I keep accruing yeah. points and not going, I can afford a, a better hotel. But that's not going to please everybody.
2: Yeah, see, you've got a good point actually. I hadn't really thought about that because timeshares in America are heavily regulated anyway, particularly in Florida as a state. So you're right, there must be rules and regulations about this. I can't see it being something that Disney just put in a contract and they can get out of it as easy as that. But my use year is April, so my points, I've got none at the moment, I will get new points in April, which I have 12 months to use or I can bank or borrow, blah, blah, blah. But if you, your use year is, say, October, for example, so you've just had your points last October, you were planning on coming to Disney this summer and it's shut and those points technically expire at the end of September and it's still shut, then you're paying for something you're not getting. So you're right. In theory, Disney would have to comp those points or move them into the next year or i don't know they'd have to do something you're right they would lose money in that regard definitely
1: well and they're going to lose money on other stuff as well because like annual passes so i i did i did disney say that they were going to add the time on i know universal did i don't
2: know i think disneyland paris
1: definitely did they said that you're, you, you won't get a new annual pass, but you're mm. basically the amount of days that the park is closed for will be added on to the end of your, your time, yeah. uh, effectively.
2: So that's um, losing the money in the long term. Yes. That's basically, don't stop your direct debit. We still want your money. <laughs> yeah. But because then everyone gets an 18-month ticket for 12, they're essentially losing half a year's worth of money, aren't they, per person? But, yeah, I mean,
1: the, the, yeah, what I was kind of saying with that is that what will happen when a park opens is that no one will be buying annual passes, so they won't need no. to. Yeah. So you could see, you know, and again, we don't know how long it's going to be closed for in total, but, you know, if you bought a, just bought your annual pass, you've got your 12 months, and then you've got, um, you know, an extra six months added on top of it. So it means that some people might not be, having to renew the annual pass for like 18 months. Yeah. You know, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Um, and that's money Disney need coming in. Yeah. Uh, in, in order to, you know, prop everything up. So, mm-hmm.
2: I, I just, yeah, it's just, it's just very, very bizarre. Well, D, DVC as well, if you look at it from an accounting point of view, in terms of their annual, um, sorry, quarterly results that they publish – DVC is folded into the revenues for the theme park. So DVC has historically every year grown and grown and grown. So the reason why they put DVC in with the theme parks is to make the theme park figures look better in the days when, you know, 10 years ago, when the only money they were spending on the parks was magic band, you know? So it made it look like attendance was going up and it was attractive for an investor to buy shares in Disney. Um, So, the fact that the DVC model that they have made is based on uh, like a cash flow model that is, you know, they sell this one, they move to the next one, they sell that, they move to the next one. Because they've done that model now for so long in order to make their results look big, the fact that there's a stop and then maybe there's no hotel to sell next with reflections, that creates, for a business case, that, a a huge black hole in their figures, um, which will probably get lost in the grand scheme of things because of how terrible everything else is doing. But what it does mean is that, say we would get the all clear, you know, soon, there's a huge output drop in their figures, which will just, for them, cause, you know, and will be causing currently a massive problem going forward. See how it doesn't.
1: You know. I can't see how it doesn't. I really, I really don't. Um it, it, it's gonna be very interesting times. Mm. Uh very interesting. Um but you know, you you obviously go out to Halloween Horror Nights
2: yeah.
1: every year. Mm-hmm. Um many of us do. And had you had you actually booked for this year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, and the problem is, is like, you know, and we were talking about this in the group earlier on. You know, Ryan had said like, "Well, I mean, I hope it's sorted by then," because we were talking about the fringe being cancelled and stuff like that. But I just, one, I'm not convinced they'll they'll be open by then anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are back open by September, um, it will be a race against the clock to see if they can actually make everything in time for it or you might end up with a scowled back version which i don't think will please anybody especially it being like the 30th anniversary of it um but the other thing as well is we might not even be able to travel yeah so yeah. from a uk point of view um or from a, from a global point of view um you know, people from, from other countries might not still be able to actually get out there. Yeah. Even if it that's, does happen.
2: And again, that happened at nine eleven. 11 That's when that event was saved by uh, the ticket prices were reduced. It attracted more locals and the locals went more frequently. And a lot of people um, will tell you that they became fans of the event in that period because it relied heavily on just locals going to the event. Um, So they may have to do that again. Wow. Um, Which is not easy listening, being your 30th anniversary. Of course
1: it's not. Um, You know. You know, they've they've, they've hyped this up. And, I mean, again, we talk about the speculation – I mean, and I know this isn't a theme park, it's usually a theme park co- podcast, but I mean, we don't we talk about whatever nonsense we want to talk about. But mm. um, I mean, to be honest, what we've seen as a potential list of of the event doesn't even scream to me 30th anniversary anyway. And I wonder is that because they know it's not going to be a big event now, or is it just that's what they've got and they're hoping that it will all go off and that's what they planned to do from the beginning.
2: Well, they were going all out this year. They, From what I'd heard, they had a larger budget. They had managed to attract people like Billy Elish to come and work with them to build a house. And, you, you know, also Jordan Pill, apparently. Um, so they had more money than before they were going all out like they hadn't done before they wanted to use the same model that's worked for the last few years of swapping the demographic to attract younger people as well as older people with you know nostalgic 80s properties for the elders and billy Eilish and netflix stuff for the younger people so um they were really hoping that this year would just smash all the records for them um and all these plans are you know, still in place. But how long before someone says, we're going to have to scale this back? You know, and you can't tell me as well that this won't have an effect on their third gate that they're planning at the moment. You know, they're not well into construction with that yet, are they? No. So will that have an effect as well? I mean, how much of a repercussion will this have? And also, don't forget, Steve Burke stepped down last year. The guy running it now is an accountant. It's like mm. the worst person you want to run a firm in a crisis. <laughs> do, you, do you
1: think, we, we you know, I could step down all of a sudden. Mm. And we all kind God of speculated it. <laughs> it was very weird. Mm. But we kind of, well, like, well, you know, he's talked before that he'd like to have a presidential run, um, even though his wife wasn't very keen on it. Um, and so the timing kind of made a bit of sense. But, you know, could it be that Iger saw something big was coming and thought, I need to dodge this bullet?
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a friggin' doubt. If you go if you look at what stuff's on net on Disney Plus, there's a lot of fluff on there about how wonderful Bob Iger is. Um, trying to put him on a pedestal if you like and don't get me wrong the man has achieved a lot with the company um but what with the way he's been so fussy with a successor and all this sort of stuff there's no way that man intended to step down this year no way but as soon as he saw the writing was on the wall he jumped that's i mean I, I, i i i that's my speculation i can't attest to exactly what he thought but it just seemed very odd that he was like speedy gonzalez all of a sudden when he's been so slow about trying to move on and yeah. so picky about a successor
1: yes because you know he kept staying on and on because he didn't feel that there was someone ready didn't he yeah you know he, he's supposed to have left about three or four times and i think that's what also what made it so glaring is the fact that you know he was going and then actually it's not the right time to go. We haven't got somebody ready yet, so I'm going to carry on for a bit longer. And yeah. that happened two, maybe three times. And then, bang, random Tuesday. See
2: you later, everyone. Yeah. And he, he hasn't even fulfilled his current contract, has he? He hasn't come to an end, like you one would assume. Right. He is literally, midway through, gone, oh, see you later.
1: Which I guess is why he's still on the board. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, but yeah, it it, it just screams of uh, of that. Um, speaking of Disney Plus, mm. now that we have it in the UK, yeah, uh, officially, yeah, um, legally, legally, <laughs> <laughs> what what are, you, what are you making of it?
2: Um, yeah, it's it's good, it's good. I mean, Mandalorian is absolutely fantastic. I mean, yes. you and I have spoke about that. I mean, I know we're late to the party, but it's not our fault. <laughs> um, but Mandalorian is, is, to me, I mean, I'm a lay Star Wars fan. Mm. I am a trekker. make no bones about it. Um, but uh, but uh, Mandalorian, to me, is, is so good that, it, it, to me, it's better than those new Star Wars films that have been coming out recently from J.J. Abrams. I mean, you, I mean, I'll tell you now, I do not like J.J. Abrams. We've spoke about that many times. Mm. but I think Mandalorian is far superior I, I, I'm an advocate for
1: the, the last trilogy of Star Wars films especially compared to the trilogy we had before that one but mm. um, I think you'd be a fool to not say that the, the first season of The Mandalorian is is almost better um, than what we've seen recently it's, it's, it had no right to be as good as it ended up being no right at all Mm. um i mean when they announced it and i you know i didn't know i, I figured it must be like a, a boba fett series or something like that it, a character i think is so overrated it's, it's untrue yeah so i wasn't that bothered and then they explained a bit more about it and i was like well i'm gonna watch it clearly um mm. but my expectations are quite low and um i mean the first episode i started watching it when uh my wife was supposed to be going to bed I thought, she's probably not going to want to watch this anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. started
1: watching it. And, but she sat and watched a little bit of it. And she was like, oh, um, can, you, can you put it back to where we are now? And I'll finish it off in the morning. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> and she did. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I good it is." this. <laughs> and she, she's somebody who, she watches the Star Wars films with me because her dad loved the Star Wars films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She never really watched them all properly. We did it before the last one came out. We sat and watched the whole lot. And that was probably the first time she'd ever watched them all properly. But she did it with me. She'd go to see them me to go and see them because I think she felt that that's what her dad would do. Yeah. And we'd have gone to see them together. So um, there was that kind of connection. But she wasn't like a huge fan or anything like that. But she loved The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. And I've not really spoken to anyone that's got a bad word to say about it. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem because all the other original Disney plus content is nowhere near that level. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of quality. I, um, did I watched the other day, my, my daughter made me watch lamp life, Mm -hmm. which is a short about Bo Peep, essentially what happens to Bo Peep after Toy Story two.
0: Okay.
1: To Toy Story four. It's about Mm -hmm. an eight minute, short it's actually pretty good
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i was glad she made me watch it and they've done some amazing little shorts on there mm-hmm. um uh, annoyingly the one that i i really want people to watch is one that's not on the uk version yet for some bizarre yeah. reason yes. um but it's uh it's about somebody that's non-verbal autistic Oh yeah. yeah. The yeah. first time I've ever seen that kind of represented in, in anything really media wise. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Having like that is good for me because I can use that as this is, you know, similar to what my son is like, but he's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but, but the rest of the content it is not, I'm not watching the tramp. Me and Craig just watched it for a Patreon episode. And, um, for their live action stuff, it's actually pretty good. Okay, but it also doesn't look as good as their big screen stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realise it at the time. I looked when I looked into the film, like it, it had about half the budget or a third of the budget of most of the live action stuff. Mm-hmm. So it does feel to- not all the time. Some of it's really good, but sometimes it does feel a little bit Disney Channel movie-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, until they start bringing out the rest of the big hitters, like the Marvel shows, and if they can get the same qualities as The Mandalorian, then they're on to a winner. But we're just not getting that content now.
2: Yeah, well, this is the thing. I think they maybe brought it out too soon, Disney+. Plus. But mm-hmm. then when you think about the current crisis, then they're probably glad they brought it out sooner <laughs> rather than later.
1: Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, the main selling point really was the back catalogue. You know, the, the the having the new stuff is what keeps you having that subscription yeah. constantly. Yeah, and uh, we've seen that because there was a big drop off after the Mandalorian finished, right in the states. Um, so it's it's important they do get new content as well. But you know, people love the back catalogue, and and yeah, at the moment in the current situation, you can revisit a load of these these films with your kids that they may not have seen some of these older films yet. Um, so it's
2: good but yeah I, d- I don't love it as much as i'd love to mm. there seems to be a lot of gaps though and i don't yes. really know why i mean in terms of marvel there's some random stuff on there like for example spider woman which you know if you're a man of a certain age this is probably why you're <laughs> heterosexual. Um, <laughs> And then I was there's more a Firestar star kind of guy. Well, this is it. Then there's that as well, which is a welcome, don't get me wrong, it's very welcome. But then, 60s Spider Man is not on there. No, um, the X Men series, I think, is not on there. Am I wrong or right on that? Or? No, the X Men series is on there. The, the oh, he is on one, there. The 90s one
1: is, yeah. The good one.
2: The good like, one. The good the one's other, on there. Oh, okay.
1: okay. Yeah, the other ones were never as good. But yeah, the, 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 the quintessential one is is all on there.
2: Yeah, because Marvel has put out a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that's just not on there.
1: So there's three films missing, which is is the Incredible Hulk and the two Spider-Man films. Right. Oh, okay. Well,
2: they're Sony, aren't they? Uh,
1: Incredible Hulk's
2: Universal.
1: Yeah. And the reason why there's not been another Hulk film is because Universal still have the first dibs at that. Right. So Marvel Studios do not own the incredible Hulk in terms of being able to do a standalone. They can do, like it can be in the Avengers and it can be in like Thor as like a side character, but they can't make a new Hulk film without universals
2: either approval or mm-hmm. being involved in production. So the same um, probably goes for the seventies TV show. That's probably universal then.
1: Um, don't know
2: who did the seventies TV show actually. Because that's not on there either. I don't think. No,
1: and uh, the problem is with Marvel is they've always been because they didn't do a lot of stuff themselves. They had their own kind of production company, but it would all, they, you know they would be a production company involved. Yeah, yeah. Someone else kind of really doing the the hard work.
2: Yeah, so, so they'd have to pay them off to put it on there. Then I suppose.
1: Yeah, because. You had the '60s Spider-Man, and I don't know if you remember, but there was like a uh Submariner cartoon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Captain America. I want to say there was a Thor one, but I don't think there was. I think Thor appeared in the others, but I think he was, did. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely Submariner, and there was definitely yeah. uh, Captain America. So you had like the three shows in the '60s, and none of those are on there. Mm. So again, it must be it must be a similar rights um, issue uh, for mm. that. Um, but, you know, saying all of that, you know, the US is getting onward this week. Right. On Disney Plus. Um, and we were talking again on Disney Parks and Beyond uh, the fact that they've got black, well, they've got all these films coming out this year that aren't coming out anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, are they going to do a similar trick of releasing them to buy it and then sticking on Disney Plus a few months later? Because that will obviously also increase the subscription count. But, it also means they're not making the money at the the cinema mm. they would do if they held off.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but uh, you know, and I'm I'm sure you saw um, this week. I think it was yesterday that Sony have basically pulled all their films this year. So Ghostbusters is now coming out next year. Oh God, really? Uh, so is Venom. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, no. and I, I don't not. Uh, Oh yeah, no, it was. Oh no, hang on. It might be Venom is still scheduled for this year, but Morbius was pulled as well, right until next year. So, you know, all the big films we expect to see this year and basically been delayed till next year. You know, Fast and Furious was delayed till next year. Now Ghostbusters, now that, um, it's 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 uh, strange times. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And also, I think as well as that. Yeah. yeah go, on, go on. No, no. What I was going to say, I, I mean, the documentaries that are on there, I think are pretty good. But um the Day in the Life, is it called? The one about the cast members? Yes. um That could have been spread out into a series, and that could have been done pretty cheaply. I mean, going forward, they could make some – behind-the-scenes TV shows about, I don't know, operations at Disney World or whatever. And, you know, that could be done on a shoestring. It doesn't have to have a massive Hollywood budget, does it, you know? No, no, not at all. And a
1: lot of people like the the Imagineering story and stuff like that. So um, I've not watched them all yet, but um, the first couple I watched were really good. And I I think Disney Disney nerds um, like ourselves – enjoy that kind of content. And like you say, it's cheap to make.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. so they could definitely do more of that. I mean, that cookery shows, so a lot of people like that. They could definitely do more of them. The weddings. Um, the weddings again, that's very popular. That's, you know, that was quite interesting. Um Don't really talk about finances on there, though, do they? That's the, <laughs> 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 How much is this costing to shut the Magic Kingdom down and walk down the aisle of Main Street? You know, <laughs> i can only imagine mm. probably horrendous oh yeah without a doubt um but th- there's stuff like that they could do definitely you know um and there's not stuff in their back catalog as well that's missing you know some of their older stuff like the cartoons i tried to look for some of the old Tim Burton stuff that's not on there
1: well, I um, what
2: is on there or
1: i can't was... Sin. well yeah <laughs> we'll come back to Doctor Soon in a minute right okay I can't remember which version I looked at because I can access the UK or the US version mm-hmm. of Disney Plus um, and there is a lot of stuff so I noticed the other day DuckTales the new DuckTales season 1's on the UK one yeah but season 1 and 2 is on the US one mm-hmm. for some reason so um, that's how I'm going to watch DuckTales but I can't remember what I was searching for but they They had both versions of Frankenweenie. Yeah,
2: I saw that. Yeah, they had
1: the original short. Yeah, um, and then they had obviously the the feature length one they did like a couple of decades later. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I know know what you mean. Um, Now I've got a bit of an update on Doctor Sin. Okay. I think we've talked about it on here before. Yeah. um, Because of uh, you know it being set in Kent and we've both Mm -hmm. been to where it's set and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's it got released on Blu-ray last year. Did it in the states? Oh right, yeah. But the only way you can buy it mm-hmm. is by uh, joining the Disney Movie Club. I didn't know that existed. To be honest with you, me. so I, I can't believe we're in 2020 and something like this still exists. So <laughs> the Disney Movie Club is, if you remember, essentially the Britannia Music Club. Do you want right. Britannia Music Club?
2: No. Um, do you get, like, if you pay for 12 months, do you get, like, for Fantasia on VHS for free or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so what Britannia used to do is they used to advertise – I don't know if this is how the Disney one works, but this is definitely how Britannia works. So they used to advertise in magazines all the time. Oh, It would right. be like yeah. you can get five CDs for a tenner.
2: Yeah. And it would yeah. be
1: all, like, big new albums or classic albums – and then by doing that, you join this club mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you would have to buy so many titles at uh, a bit of a markup mm-hmm. throughout the term. It might might be a year or something. Yeah, um, and I would normally send you it in the post, and you either ha- if you didn't send it back, you paid for it, and if you sent it back, you would wait for the next month and get something else sent out to you. Right. So this is what the Disney Movie Club is in a, in essence. You get five blu-rays or five dvds like 20 dollars or something and then you've got to buy so many titles within a a period Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you can buy dr sin there and that's the only way you can buy it that's so strange and they've done it and the the the, the blu-ray version is the how it was originally presented which was on uh the wonderful world of disney so it's in three parts right in England it was shown at the cinema as okay. like a double bill and mm-hmm. they cut out the second episode. Right. Hmm. So it's the most complete way of doing it but unless you want to pay like about $30 uh, 30 quid on on eBay to get a copy sent from Canada the only other way of doing it is joining a Disney movie club and then you'll need a US address and then it's a load of faff. So it
2: is wow. out there is what i'm saying. You can so- own it. So I messaged Disney and asked them why it's not on there. And they obviously did not give me an answer. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I have a suspicion, uh, reading a few different forums, that they might do some kind of special sort of Halloween release. And that might be included with that. Um, because apparently every quarter they have to push Disney Plus in some way to get new sign-ups. So they need to put new stuff on there that's old stuff to try and <laughs> – you know what I'm talking about. So it, yeah. I'm hope- I'm hopeful that it will be added at some point, probably out. Well,
1: it doesn't seem like it's ever released in the UK. Yeah. Um, I don't think it even made it on VHS in the UK. It definitely did in the States. So – at the very, at the very worst, we can hope it's going to be on Disney Plus in the US for Halloween.
2: But, but that in itself is weird, isn't it? Because like we had Song of the South over here, and they didn't. Did they never yeah. Well, I they, don't think they did.
1: I think it's been banned for a long time.
2: <laughs> well, this is what I mean. Everywhere. I think it was. I don't. I don't think it's banned in this country. They just don't sell it. But the VHS was released over here. Um. Whereas I don't think it was released over there. I mean, I could be wrong, but um, yeah,
1: yeah I, d- I definitely remember it being released over here.
2: Yeah, I do. But that remember, in I itself is tr- it. is strange, isn't it? Um, I mean, if you think about it, logically, it's quite strange that they'd have a freaking attraction based on songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it's weird,
1: <laughs> and it's one of the only IPs that they've done a ride like based on that mm. they don't actually let you watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't agree with it being... Uh, I, I, I get the historical uh, and the racial issue surrounding it. I'm not making light of that. But um, I remember years and years ago, um, Lindsay's dad, just was getting ill, bought uh, a box set of Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yeah. And uh, it was like some box set thing they were doing for an anniversary or whatever. And they had disclaimers up on certain cartoons saying you know this was made at a a time period which doesn't you know necessarily reflect the values of the company now blah 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 um and there it was and i i'm sure disney plus have done that as well on on some titles like dumbo so i don't i don't know why they can't just show it with a disclaimer
2: And then it's your choice to watch it or not. I mean, I have seen it, but I was only a kid when I watched it, so I can't even. Well, exactly, I can't remember what happens in it. To be honest with you, no. So I would like to judge it for myself, really, whether whether it is, you know, racist or not. But then, am I the one to say whether it's racist or not? I mean, this is. No, not really.
1: But I think that the the thing is, it's better for it to be out there and to go, look, we regret this. You know, we don't, you know, this isn't what we agree with now, but it was, you know, at the time seen as being okay. And now it's not. And so, Mm. you know, we're sorry for it. Here it is. I'd much rather that be the case. Then just completely because to be honest the the more you hide it the more coveted it is and the more people get angry that they can't see it
2: yeah so it just seems it just seems bizarre yeah I mean it's like my son he likes watching Jungle Book um and there's definitely racial elements in that I mean definitely I think so
1: a lot of those cartoons at the time there was awful I mean um going back to Lady and the Tramp the, the new version doesn't have Siamese cats Right. It has, I can't remember, what the, I, we talked about what the breed was on the show, but um it, it's two new cats and they've got a new song. And to be honest, the song's much better than the song right. cat song anyway. And yeah. they're just as awful. They're just as evil looking. They're just as uh, like terrible characters. Um But they've taken out the kind of racism connotations around mm. that. So, yeah. you know, um it is what it is. Um, before I go on to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, um, yeah. I want to go back to the cinema. Uh, I mean, I literally want to go back to the cinema in some <laughs> ways. But, yeah. you know, going back to the situation we're in now and how we've had to adapt to this new lifestyle and everything like that. Mm. Um, I mean, I love going to the cinema. I love the big screen experience, love the sound. Yeah. Um, just, just the atmosphere of being in a room with a load of people all immersed yeah. in one thing. But, I'm, I'm not sure if we can go back to that model.
2: I think there's going to be two entertainment outlets that are going to be hugely affected by this, like massively game changerly affected by this issue. I think cinemas are one, and I think cruise industry will be the other. Mm. I think there are two outlets that are going to suffer yeah. more than any other entertainment form. It, it just makes you
1: double-think, doesn't it? Yeah. I've n i have I never thought of like how hygienic a cinema was or wasn't really. Yeah. But actually yes, you're in close proximity of people. People just go if they want to go, if they pay for a ticket and they don't want to stay indoors, they're gonna go out when they're sick and you know, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. But I I I never let it bother me or even phase me before. But now I think, my God, you're potentially putting yourself in that situation. Yeah. So yeah. It's really made me, like, think, what are they going to do when they do reopen? They will reopen, but, um, you know, I just... We were talking again the other day. Um, they they reopened the cinemas in China, and some of the screens were reporting that there was one person in there. So yeah. they closed them all down again. Yeah. Um, I think we will see something similar when they do reopen. There'll be a, a sense of trepidation. And going back to uh halloween horror nights potentially and when the theme parts reopen you're going to have a lot of people that want to go back because this is their happy place or Universal's is happy place or they want to go to halloween horror nights but you're also going to get a load of people to think do i want to get into this massive crowd of people mm. when you know we've just come out of a pandemic a pandemic and we don't know yet if it's really
2: safe well, it's it's definitely going to reduce the numbers. Definitely, mm. um, people that have any sort of sensitivity or vulnerability, you know, susceptibility to different illnesses or conditions, they're going to have to think twice. I mean, the elderly. I mean, how often do you see families go? I'm sure you you've been in a situation where your extended family are going, granny and grandpa are coming. Um, you know, they're going to have to seriously think, will we go anymore? I mean, that's more numbers the grey pound, the grey dollar that's mm. not being spent. Um, because traditionally they have more money than you know, the elder generations tend to have more money than the younger generation, so they spend more. They usually stay at a better hotel, perhaps. I mean, I'm just you know, generalizing, yeah, yeah, true. but you know, th- there is an impact in that. Um, you know, so you're not going to stop people from going, there's only people go, but you're definitely going to have less people going.
1: Yeah. And as you say, cruise cruise lines, I mean, the, the rep the rep they're getting at the moment is quite damning, really. Yeah. Um, I know the last time we were on a podcast together we were joking about Richard Branson's new uh that <laughs> toss
2: um, I, I bet he regrets doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah, I mean, you
1: know, again, going to Disney, they've just bought a load of cruise ships. Yeah, they are Actually, They're being built ships. at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, and who's going on them? Yeah, I mean, then that asks, and then there's another question there: Do they continue with this purchase of Lighthouse Point? Mm. Um, because they bought it because they got extra cruise ships. But you know, can they just make do with what they got? Do they need a second island? You know, is there going to be a huge demand for cruising? I don't think there will be. No, I, 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 can't see, I can't see how there will be. Um, there are people, as we speak, dying off the coast of Florida on cruise ships because they are not allowed to dock because they are riddled with this coronavirus. Jesus Christ. So you, you look at that and you think, do I want to be stuck at sea on a ship I can't get off and I might catch a life-changing illness on? Um, and don 't get me wrong, Disney cruise ships are thoroughly clean and professional, and you know they 're one of the best, definitely, but the whole industry will get tired with the same brush i'm afraid yeah but the the thing is it 's not necessarily the hygiene that was
1: the problem, was it? you know you could have a really clean cruise ship, yeah if you 've got one person on that that is infected that has you know coughed into a hand and then touched a the door handle or um you know, sweated or whatever, right? Yeah. But transmitted it. You know, what we know about what this current pandemic is that you can have it and you might not show any symptoms, but you could pass that on to like 10, 20 people. Yeah. Who then pass that on. And that's how, you know, and on a cruise ship, there's no escape. That's so right. Like one person will mean that
2: whole cruise ship is probably going to get infected. Well, this is it. The the biggest place is in these buffets um, Mm -hmm. because they have these huge, vast buffets. And as you walk in, the the cast members uh, are really, really strict in making you wash your hands. This was long before the pandemic um, to to stop the spread of any type of germs or diseases. And, um, you know, they, they, they had, you know, the cruise lines had these stringent cleaning regimes, this notification of illness. They've all got medical sick bays and doctors on board and all this. So they've all got this and they've all prepared for it, yet it's still happening. So it, it just shows you that, I mean, all right, they may be able to say their, their output in terms of uh, disease protection is at a nine. And they can rank it up to 10. But it's still going to put people off going. Yeah. You know.
1: We were, we were supposed to have Wendy Prater on, who's a long-time sponsor of shows on the network. Yeah. Talk about the cruise lines. I like, yeah. only, only a few weeks ago. We're still planning to have her on, but the conversation is going to be very different now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Just, just madness.
2: I um, mean, I, I was going to book uh, a cruise for next year, and right. my mother-in-law and her friend were going to come with us. They're both in the 70s. And uh, we're no longer thinking about it. So that's you know that's done with. (laughs) So there's one sale lost already. You do you as again,
1: everything that's going on now just makes you rethink everything. Yeah, you know, like I've not had fish and chips in ten days. I I I don't know when I'm going to have it again, and I'm very sad. but there are lots of things that I found that I I've not missed. Yeah. Or have not upset me in a way that I thought that they would do that I can't do because of the current situation. So I think, you know, it from a from a, a, a mental health and from a personal life point of view, mm-hmm. um it, it's gonna change a lot of things. And in in the decisions you make in the future, I, I think the same the same thing as well. Um I think it's gonna really make you rethink what you want to do, when you want to you want to go. Um, and I'm saying this as somebody who believes they've already gone through this. Like, the problem we've got at the moment here is we're not getting tested. Yeah. There's no tests going on. So all the numbers we're getting of people that, you know, the number of people that have been infected in the UK, and the number of people are dying. We know the number of people dying is, is accurate because they're dying. That's quite an easy one to do. And you can report on the people that you've tested and they've been uh, positive because, again, you're getting a test result. But um, everyone else isn't getting tested. And therefore, we've got no idea who's
2: had it already, how many people have got it now. It's interesting you should say that because China effectively, I mean, am I right in saying they were fudging what they were putting out? that's that's what we are led to believe at the moment yeah, yeah we're led to believe this so if that is true that they weren't putting out accurate information then how do we not know or how do we know the virus came here in march or february how do we not know that it didn't come here in january or december so how do we know that it hasn't been here already for a couple of months infecting us you know this number of people this is exactly the, the, the point. This is exactly
1: the problem because the first case in the UK was, I think, the end of January yeah. from people that just come back from China and they'd been tested and they'd been found positive with it. So we knew that was the first confirmed case in the UK. However, um, we know when the first case was announced in China, Yeah, but how many people had it
2: before they realized what was going on well, this is the thing you see because elderly people would have sadly died anyway in December and January of common flu yeah so those no they wouldn't have been tested anyway, they would just show the symptoms of flu would have died, that would have been the end of it. so how do we not know they had died of coronavirus then well yeah, because
1: it's it's I don't think it's the disease that, that kills you. Uh, itself, I think it's what it gives you in terms of like nearly everyone that's had it has ended up with like
2: bad pneumonia. So it's more um, than pneumonia side of things. They'll probably yeah. test for that, then, wouldn't they? If it's that's pneumonia. what I'm that's what I'm led to believe. But yeah, okay. I think
1: if you die of pneumonia, you die of pneumonia. Don't look into you know what else you had. Yeah, you no. Know. Uh, so you, you, you're right, and I know before Christmas people were complaining that they were having the flu worse than ever before, like well, flu they'd never kind of experienced. Now, we know now that the um, the symptoms isn't traditional flu in it. It's not like your nose normally that, that kind of goes, but it's like a bad cough and yeah. it's like fever. Yeah. Fever you get with flu anyway. So that's the thing. Um people if they've got a bad cold or they've got flu like symptoms can also develop other things like coughs um so what's to say that people didn't have um that and you know the the kind of more cold side of the flu symptoms were because of just getting a cold in conjunction with everything else yeah you know so we could have been having this since december we we got sick here about February time. Uh, I can't remember if it was my daughter or my mother-in-law that got it first, but um my mother-in-law got it so bad she had to get a um steroid pump uh-huh. from uh her doctor. Um my daughter had like a really bad cough, hot and cold symptoms. Uh-huh. Um then me and my wife got it. Um she got it a few days before me, then I got it. Um really bad cough, fever-like symptoms. And after the cough had started to go, we lost our um, smell and taste. Yeah, what Could you're be... describing, my parents had in January as well. Yeah, so I mean, mm. you know, who's to say we haven't and until we can get, actually get a test for it, which yeah, still apparently is like weeks or months away. How many people have actually had it already? Yeah, um, it, it's 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 just, and also. Because my wife asked me the other day, "Well, if we had it, could we get it again? Well, who knows?" Yeah. Because again, at this stage, we don't know. Um, You know, if it's mutation, there's another strand. It's it's just so weird, but it does make you rethink everything you're going to do until you yeah. know that there is a vaccine or there's tablets that you can take to treat it. You are going to go. Well, do I want to put myself in this situation? Yeah. Do I want to go to see a
2: film? worried that i might end up with something else well it's interesting you should say this um i've got an article in front of me and it's been written by um it's basically a a load of different travel experts have contributed to this article and it's the the top five things that will change uh, for holidays in the future So um, they're in no particular order. Um, I'll just read them off. Number one, hygiene and sanitation will get the attention that they rightly deserve. So there will be more emphasis on cleaning and making sure everything is, uh, no one's flying with a virus or whatever. Um, Outdoor adventures will be in high demand. Um, That speaks for itself. Travel will become more meaningful. So people will be traveling less, Travel less to work, Less on uh, long-distance trips for business, less for holidays. Um, that sort of basically less flight. Um, road trips will become more popular. So people will be looking to get to places by car, so for us, Europe, etc. And then the final one is people will be less inclined to be cooped up in a particular venue, so package holidays, to a lesser extent, but what they're getting at here is basically the cruise industry. People are less likely to book a cruise, be cooped up in a small environment with a load of strangers for a set period of time. Um, And uh, it it goes on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the top five, basically. But that also, interestingly, being cooped up, it made me think about that because that's exactly what that star wars hotel is isn't it that they're building it's a it's a landlocked cruise
1: yeah it's a cruise that doesn't move yeah so what's gonna happen with that <laughs> you know but, but i i think it's gonna to have to be delayed yeah I, do. I, I don't think anyone is going to um not in the numbers they need because that's the other thing right I don't think the cruise industry is going to end overnight because people still love to, you know, there are people that their only holiday is to cruise. And they don't they yeah. want to do anything else because they love it so much. Yeah. Um, but you will get people that don't want to. So, let, let, I, you know, I don't I don't know what the capacity is, but let's say uh, the average cruise has 5,000 people on it. I've got no mm-hmm. idea, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say a big cruise ship does. If you lose half of that, hmm um is it still financially um usable? Probably not. That you know, I don't know what the margins are, but there must be a certain amount of of people they need or like a price point to hit to make it actually financially worthwhile to to like set
2: sell. I think they pay a lot less taxes. Um, and stoppages and all that sort of stuff, because they, most cruise ships are based out of the Bahamas, um, so basically as long as you stop at nassau you don 't have to pay you know exorbitant taxes, which is why cruises to Hawaii have never been viable because obviously you 've got to stop in California and that 's one of the highest tax states in america so there 's that, but um, the level of service you get on a cruise, I mean, I can only talk about Disney cruises, but the level of service you get on them is just impeccable, impeccable service. Um, There's nowhere on earth you could go perhaps other than, I don't know, the the Ritz or the Savoy or something um, where the level of service is so good. I mean, you get three waiters per table. I mean, you don't get that anywhere. Um, So that, that will be affected. Um, but will they have to scale all that back? And then you lose the reason why you're going on a cruise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you're not getting the the, the experience that you're expecting.
2: And that makes the experience, you know, the way they treat you.
1: Mm. It's really,
2: really interesting. Um, Um, And then you're like Dickie Branson. You've just started doing cruising. I mean, they've pumped loads of money into buying Flybe, which has gone under, I believe. And then they've spent loads of money going into the cruise industry. Um And while that's not Virgin Atlantic, that's just the wider group, Um there's a couple of big clangers for them, isn't it? Well, Virgin Atlantic again today come out and said that they uh,
1: are going to need to have a bailout. Yeah. Pot- potential bailout. Um So it's still going to have a knock-on effect. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it's a different part, but it's still going to have a knock-on effect to the, the overall business. Well, um, Trump has bailed
2: out, essentially, underwritten, the airline industry in America,
0: hmm.
2: um, which he can do. I don't think they can do that in this country because of EU law. I think there's competition rules that stop you from doing that. Right. So they can only do it on a case-by-case basis, I believe, which the, if I was Boris, I would say, all right, we'll bail Virgin out because it makes sense because Rolls-Royce are depending on them, there's loads of jobs that depend on it, blah, 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 will bail you out. But all your accounts that you pay all your taxes abroad somewhere, they've got to be re-registered to London. Mm. And you've got to pay back the money we give you. Or take them into ownership. Take them into yeah, ownership. Yeah, but then I don't like that because they've done that with the banks and all it does is keeps the share price low and they never get their money back. I'd rather it yeah, be a loan where they get their money back.
1: Yeah. I I'd be ruthless mean. with them. Yeah. And, and the tax thing is the biggest one because and some yeah. companies don't
2: pay tax in the UK that should. Exactly. So I don't know where they're domiciled. Maybe they're domiciled in the UK. I don't know. But uh, online, they seem to suggest that it's domiciled somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. But if they're not paying taxes here, then they should be. So let's
1: move completely off topic. And let's go fully circled to the beginning of this show. Yeah. When you tell me what you was doing when you were bought, So you have been <laughs> you've been taking a load of videotapes and digitizing them.
2: Yes. And I tell you what, right? Uh, today I have been digitising nineteen ninety two, Disneyland Paris. Right. Can I just say now you went there in ninety two when it opened, didn't you? I did now that's our memories a long that's a long time ago right our memories won't remember it for better right but watching yeah. this footage i can tell you now that despite the fact that that was a huge flop despite the fact that it cost them a fortune and it really nearly almost bankrupted the whole bloody disney company that park is immaculate it's absolutely beautiful from day one and the level of service and the level of entertainment, and the level of offering was not diminished in any way according to the footage that I'm looking at. I mean, it might be a bit now, but back then they pulled all the stops out to make that a success. And I think that is testament to the old Disney company. that They just didn't reduce their standards even though they were facing a massive brick wall like that.
1: So, so what is this that you'll do? Is this is this family footage? Is yeah, the, yeah,
2: this is home movie video. Home yeah. I okay. wonder. Yeah. So I'm sure
1: we must have had some stuff. I know definitely the second trip in '95 we did. I remember my dad taking his big ass video camera. I can't remember if we did the first time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think you're right. Like, again, my memory's you know a bit blurry. I'd love to see this stuff. But um, one of the things that I remember and I don't think it lasted very long, but they did in Frontierland a proper cowboy shootout. Yeah, on top of the buildings.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and it was they just a free to... show, wasn't it? Yeah, no. yeah. Apparently, just... back in the seventies and eighties, they did that in uh, Magic Kingdom as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know it was a new concept, but obviously, it was it was something like, oh, this is this is uh, something new, which it was atmosphere. It's gone. Yeah, 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 that's 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 it. Um and it had gone by the time I went back in ninety-five, so like three years later. Um yeah. and that was just after the the name change and the the bailout and, and everything like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it it's all those little things and I mean I still think it's a very beautiful park now, but mm. um yeah, yeah, I mean it's 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 still changed a lot and, and you know, there are some things that let it down that weren't there at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Discovery Land as well was like it was such a clever area when it first opened. Before Space yeah. Mountain was was put in there, yeah. um, it everything felt themed. You know, it all kind of made sense. And when they started putting I mean, Space Mountain actually works with the theme as well. Um, but but now the kind of original theme of it being that kind of early 20th century kind of steampunk stuff doesn't make sense because you've got bloody Buzz Lightyear there. <laughs> just ruins the whole... Th- and that's the first thing you, you get when you walk in there. Um, but, yeah, just stuff like that. It, it was something really special when it first opened.
2: Well, Rob, uh, Rob Yeo, a um, friend of mine who does um, artwork um he's a graphic artist he shared some photos that he'd taken of the uh restaurant in Tomorrowland, the big canteen type restaurant i forget what it's called uh it's uh oh god what's it called uh
1: it's yeah it's the big one it's it's got it's the one with the ship from um Ireland at the top of the world mm. coming out of it um what's it called Le Restaurant de Manger. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not doing Discover DLP right now because I'll be
2: chewed out and spat out. But the, um, thing, is, the thing is, is those photos, uh, they're recently taken. It's so quintessentially 90s. You know, it's, it's sci-fi theme, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the future that never happened. But it's so, so garish 90s. And yeah. Um, it, it is just an absolute treasure because if you think of like uh, heritage and protecting buildings and, and things like that, an aesthetic which is heavily 90s, there isn't much around anymore that is so ingrained from that era. Yeah. Um, so to have that, I just hope that they never change it. It's, it's so gaudy and horrible looking now, but in a few decades' time, It'll be kitsch, and it'll be retro, and it'll be so in that they need to push through, if you like.
1: (laughs) Of course, it's called the Café Hyperion.
2: uh, It's a ship.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) My favourite bit about that, um, as you go in underneath the the Hyperion, is if you look up. I've, I know this because I wrote about it in the in the book that I might one day try and get published. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so close now to try and get it published. <laughs> um, but um, if you look up, there are um, animatronic pigeons. Gosh, wow. Like the little details like that are just, yeah. are just superb. I love it. I, I love that part of the park so much. Mm. Um, even though the theming doesn't really work properly anymore, and yeah, it probably is a, a bit like nineties futurism, crossed with you know the, the time never happened. But I, I just love it. I just I just love the colours. I love the um, the way it's all structured. I just think there's something quite quite marvelous about it. And I, I prefer, it's my favourite of the Tomorrowlands
2: I've been to. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, is I I am of the opinion. Every one of their destinations should have lots of unique stuff. So I, I don't think they should bring Ratatouille to Walt Disney World and I don't think they should bring Carsland Land either, which is, again, that was something they were planning to possibly do. I think that these things need to stay geographically where they are and make people get on a plane or go visit these places and keep their specialness. Do you know what I mean? I do,
1: I do, and I don't. So, what I mean by that is, I think there are there are things that should be kept completely unique, but I also understand the value of some of those things being shared. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, the Tron coaster. Obviously, been a big fan of Tron. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get to Shanghai anytime soon. So, I was really pleased that they were going to bring that to an American park, but. I also don't think they should bring the exact same thing to four parks. But if you've yeah. got two places to go and see it, it's not too bad. If you can't go and see it in one, you might go and see it in another. Um, yeah. Tokyo Disney. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to go and see Tokyo Disney Sea, but um, you know they've got a, a, an Alice in Wonderland maze that's you know based on the films rather than the the cartoon. So I'd like to go and see that. It's got an Alice in Wonderland restaurant. and I imagine that'd be, I've seen pictures of it, but I imagine that'd be really fun to go to as well. Um, And the the, the thing that I loved the most, even though it was probably the dullest thing there, was where Buzz Lightyear used, sorry, where Buzz Lightyear is now, was the Visionarium. Mm -hmm. Which was, uh, funny enough, talking about stuff that shouldn't be shared and whatever, that actually made its way to Tomorrowland for a little bit. In the nineties, uh-huh. as the timekeeper, um, I don't know what the American version was like, but I obviously remember the, the Paris version, and it was uh, the first three sixty film I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And th- you know, the building worked because of everything else around it, and it was very French, um, which was quite fun. And it, it felt like that's where it belongs. It didn't really belong anywhere else. Um. It didn't last long in Tomorrowland. So I, I don't know if it just wasn't a success or they chose to do something else with the space. Um, but yeah, that was something that I don't think should have done. Uh, Cinema was another one in the mm-hmm. studios. Brilliant film. Love it. But I couldn't have seen that anywhere else. Didn't seem to be a point of having it anywhere else. Yeah. Because it felt like that's where it belonged again quite a french thing even though martin shill was a lead in it the rest of the film was quite french um it just it just felt special and so you you wouldn't get so i i i think all the parks should have things that are completely iconic to them Mm. but i don't think everything should stop and to be quite frank if I know it's not the why it's getting it, but if it, if it meant Epcot was getting the Ratatouille attraction and Disneyland Paris was going to close theirs, I'd be quite happy. Cause I think mm. it's rubbish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll meet you halfway. Then I, I, I don't mind if everyone has a Pirates of the Caribbean, but I do like it when they are different, which is how they are. Yeah, no one's um, the same, is it? No, and the same can be said, I suppose, for uh, Haunted Mansion as well. Um, Big Thunder as well. Yeah, 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 to a degree, yeah. And Space Um, Bouncing, like all of those are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Splash, Disneyland's version, is much shorter than the uh, World's version. Um. You know, I mean, it's like the Coaster. I think that's Incredicoaster and Cars Land, probably my two favourite, and Indiana Jones again, another good one, um, which make makes it worth the trip to go to Disneyland. You know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, yeah, if they didn't, if Disneyland didn't have those things, I probably wouldn't want to go. Yeah, if I'm honest. Yeah, but because they do, you see the value in going.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So, what else are you digitizing?
2: Um, you sort of Christmases and um, birthdays. And uh, when I was very young, we used to go to Butlin's. That's on there. Um, and what else was on there? Oh, no, well, 9 11, I was on a trip to London. Um, so, I've, I've digitized that, a few different weddings and things. Nothing overly exciting, I'll be honest with you. Well, there's been lots of Florida holidays on there. Again, um, not really capturing anything that interesting. I mean, I think I've probably seen the Wild Wild West stunt show 20 times so far. I don't know why we've recorded so much of that. Um, Also, Clyde and Seymour, you know, the seal show um and uh the jaws ride probably i think those three we've recorded to death
1: i don't think you can get enough jaws to be honest so i was talking to you then and i was on mute oh right the um yeah i mean can you can you get enough jaws footage really
2: well, no, actually. Um, and it's all after Jaws was changed, which is annoying. There's nothing before Jaws was changed. Um, there was something as well that's kind of uh, answered an internal argument that the Halloween Horror Nights fan community has had um, for quite a while, was there was a house that used um, props from Jurassic Park. Would be in the house? Yes, we we'll talk about it. Yeah, so the props were... The house was basically um, what if the dinosaurs mutated and some of the staff mutated as well. And that's basically what the house was. Uh, So they took the props from Jurassic Park and they cut them up and butchered them and made them look like dinosaurs that had been torn apart by mutants, basically. Um, And one of the most famous props that they they used was the Triceratops from... Jurassic Park 1, the one that's laying on the ground that's ill. Mm. Um, and they ruined that and put it in this house. And uh, years later, an article was written and someone said that it was from Jurassic Park 2. Um, and I've always said, no, it's Jurassic Park 1. And pretty much everyone's always said it's Jurassic Park 2. Anyway, watching the footage... The Triceratops from Jurassic Park 1 is in the park. I have the footage that clearly wow. shows it in 1993 or 4, whatever it was. It's in that park. So there it is. It was definitely that iconic Triceratops from Jurassic Park 1 that was ripped up and put in that house.
1: So you've been going to Halloween
2: Horror Nights that, that early? Well, no, I, I I weren't... No, no. So that that was... That Triceratops was on show from Hollywood, essentially. Right. So it was put in the um, uh, horror makeup lobby. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, so there was two queues. One was a queue to go and look at the Jurassic Park props, and the other queue was for the show. So, um, yeah, so it was there, basically. Um, and Yeah, timescales-wise, of
1: course it would be as
2: well. Yeah, which um, Julie Zimmerman, when I interviewed her years ago, she told me that um, it was meant to be sent back, but they didn't. They just used it for Halloween Horror Nights because there was no budget for Halloween Horror Nights. They just used whatever they could get their hands on. And nobody in Hollywood bothered to check, so they just used it. Um, Which that triceratops has become slightly more iconic, I feel, in the last few years because there's been that meme that's gone around the internet every so often with (laughs) Steven Spielberg sitting in front of it. And they basically say, this is what these, you know, animal poachers do, you know. I love that so
1: much. It always, it always, um, gets people angry about how this, this weird man has just hunted a dinosaur in the wild.
2: (laughs) Cracks me up. Like, what are you, what are you writing about? You nutters. I know. I know. It always gets a few people that one. And, um, so it's become a little bit more iconic. I feel that triceratops. So, Unfortunately, that was the one that was ripped up and used in having Horror The footage says so.
1: Man. How sad. Mm. For something so iconic. Uh,
2: yeah. So. I know. You yeah. And I, I'm going through it to try and find interesting stuff because I know I filmed the boneyard at one point. I haven't found it yet. But that would be interesting to see what props were in the boneyard because I know they had a Jaws there for a long time. Oh, from I think it was from Jaws Four. Revenge, Um, yeah, the revenge. This time it's personal. (laughs) The um, the the
1: first time I went to Universal was two thousand seven, and I don't know how we missed it, but I missed the Boneyard. Um, I think I thought it was a children's play area for no reason at all. Just, just I just said, oh. It's called the boneyard, it must be that. So I didn't really go around to where it was. And obviously later finding out what it actually was, I was gutted because I love looking at props and stuff.
2: Yeah. Um
1: so and I know it was it was one of those places that kind of changed every now and again, didn't it? And what they they yeah. had on display. Um oh, yeah. lost things for me.
2: So I yeah, so um would the boneyard still have been there by then, or would it have been? Mm, it was still I'm definitely sh- there. Sure, it was still there. I'm sure it was yeah. on the map,
1: but yeah. I don't know because because where where was it actually? Was it near Woody Woodpecker?
2: No, it was um, it was opposite the um, Monster Cafe. Oh. Hmm.
1: So I can't, it must have. It can't have been there then. It must have. It must have closed by that point. Then I must be talking nonsense. Well, no. well you might be getting confused with um, the Bates Motel. No, it was removed on September the eighth, two thousand eight, to make way for the Universal Music Plaza stage. Oh, so it still would have been there then. Yeah, because I was sure it was on the map, but I knew I didn't go. And then by the time we, we I knew what it was, and we went back in 20, 2010 yeah it'd gone yeah um, yeah yeah and that and that makes sense cuz obviously the stage would have been there then um oh man I don't know what could have been there then I'm sure I am I reckon someone must have a video of it around that time oh yeah so to go and have a look afterwards
2: definitely there definitely will be um some information regarding that i mean the the, the other thing that was interesting is i've not got any footage of it i don't think but there was something called Stage 54, something like that. And it was where the Shrek and Donkey is now. Right. Uh, meet and greet. And it was basically a small soundstage that would have props um, and sets from different universal productions that have recently wrapped. And it was basically used as a place to advertise them. Right. And yeah. um, that used to change really frequently um so that would have been interesting to see what stuff was in there and when you know because judy zimmerman told me that um the uh flintstones was in there and makes sense they had to swap it out and put a tv movie props in there something to do with a gargoyle or something so she said to Universal, do you want to pay for shipping to send them back? And I was like, no, just dump them. So all of those went into uh, a Halloween Horror Nights house as well. <laughs> it was really, everything was like ducking and diving back in those days for that event, I tell you. So
1: Stage 54 was an attraction which opened in the park in 97 place in the MCA Recording Studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, located within Sound Stage 54, um, the attraction was constantly updated to feature displays and props from Universal Picture Films of the time, including The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Babe, Babe, uh, Pig in the City, Small Soldiers, and The Mummy. Yeah. And closed in 2003 to make way for Donkey's Photo Finish, which would have been when Shrek opened up. But
2: Um, the list was much longer than that, because they had lots of... Oh, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah, they had lots of TV movies in there. Um. Which most of them have been long forgotten into the archives. But the internet doesn't really account what was it ever in there other than like, you know, the big headliners.
1: Well, it'll just be what people have got photos of or um, maybe memories of or something. Yeah. So I mean I saw one of the one of the pictures there I saw um, had some of the set from the Grinch, which I know is still part of the Hollywood tram tour, isn't it?
2: yeah
1: uh whoville um, yeah but there was some de- definitely some stuff there um they've had a, wee- a few weird stuff like that haven't they because um and again this is obviously way before my time but um you know where men in black is now was the swamp thing yeah set like i don't yeah. know the soundstage or no whatever, but Outdoor it was sex. like yeah yeah for filming that and um you you mentioned the Bates motel which i, I never uh, saw uh, in person, even where was the Bates Motel? Well,
2: literally, it was next to Fidel's Playland. Oh, yeah, just random. Well, it, it basically at it, where that roller coaster—it's not there anymore. That roller coaster, is it? The Woody Woodpecker one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's still there. It's still there. Oh, okay, I believe so. I've never gone on it, yet, but yeah. I no,
2: well, so. I only ever go to on right It's never there. Due. I'm never there during the day, so I don't know what's open. <laughs> no. To- <laughs> so um, it was behind that. So you had the motel and then the house, and then to the right of that was the theme park entrance for Hard Rock Hotel, uh, Hard Rock Cafe.
1: Right, because that used to be around there as well, didn't it?
2: Yeah. So Before you had like it. the back of the guitar because it was in the shape of the guitar. So you had like the back, like the, the bit you you, you strum. That bit was there and then the neck of the guitar went out and the head of the guitar was like a staircase into a car park. That is so, could, so weird. You could park up, walk up the neck of the guitar, have dinner, and then as long as you got the right ticket, you could then go through the turnstiles and then you're straight into that five kids' zone. Um, and they only demolished, this is a fun fact, you may not know this, they only demolished the Hard Rock Cafe because of an article I once wrote many years ago.
1: So I was expecting you to finish that sentence. The end of that <laughs> sentence
2: was they demolished it because you wrote an article. It was many years ago. I wrote an article for a website that doesn't exist anymore. And um, they were using, so basically they when they changed the park entrance, they, they, um, you know, they upgraded everything at Universal Studios in 2000 and whatever it was. Um, so they demolished the Bates Motel. They demolished the, the hotel. They, they made uh, the kids' zone more okay. kid-friendly. They put Barney in and George, whatever he is, the monkey George. George. That's it. They put all that in and the house had to go because it didn't fit the, the theme. And they left the, the the barrel part of the guitar and the neck and the staircase got demolished because the entrance was now at the front of the park. So you, you, it was no longer a restaurant, but it was still used for storage. So I wrote an article saying, wouldn't it be good if they used this building as a year-round attraction for Halloween Horror Nights? Because it, it's there, it's... They, use KidZone for queuing up anyway so it doesn't really matter. It's quite a sizable building. It's got different levels It's perfect. And um, quite. it got quite a lot of interest from people that didn't know it was still there because the internet wasn't as detailed as it is now. So quite a lot of people got interested in this weird building that had nothing on it. And then people like, not Adam the Woo, but people like Adam the Woo and the others tried to break into it and some people did and they took photos inside and I got blamed for basically marketing this empty space. So then they just said, right, all the storage, clear it out. And then they demolished it. Wow. So, um, yeah, it went away completely. But I still hold true that that is a good, that would have been a good idea. They could have used that as a year round haunt. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah derelict buildings it's already there you just gotta but this is the thing this is the thing with global warming now I was reading an article about this recently they were saying in the Architects Journal that in the future we won't keep building new stuff we will refurb old stuff because it's much better on the environment so you won't just keep knocking buildings down like you know Universal and Disney does they will have to like they have done with Terminator they will have to heavily refurb these buildings. Um, and, you know, that's just, I think, uh, the way it's going to be in the future.
1: You're going to have to become a full-time author or something. This carries on. <laughs> well, no, I suppose the thing is you'll, you'll still be needed because you've got to design what these things are going to look like.
2: Well, I usually work on old stuff, like real castles. That's the stuff I usually work
1: on. Oh, well, there you go, then. <laughs> It's
2: refurbishment. So I, I'm well versed in refurb and restoration, that's for sure. Um, but a lot of companies, they don't. They just want to build new stuff. And, of course, new stuff means new concrete. And concrete is very bad for the environment to create, let alone install. Um, and, of course, you've then have got demolish the old building. That's all the landfill. That doesn't get recycled. So, you know, it's bad for the environment to keep building new things. You need to refurb more.
1: Phineas and refurb uh it's uh it's the future
2: it will it literally will be <laughs>
1: so uh, i wanted to ask you i mean i don't know when we're gonna wrap up but uh, before we wrapped up um yeah. i wanted to ask you because we we're isolating we're not supposed to be going out in the real world and stuff like that we're spending a lot yeah. of time in um you know what you've been watching what you've been catching up on i know obviously that one of those things you're going to say right now is is Picard. Yes.
2: That's my number one. That's your number one. Well, that and Curve, they're joint number one. <laughs> I have you f- like bald men, basically. <laughs> any, any, anyone that's got no hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> I won't
1: ask about your Childhood. Um, <laughs> did I tell you, have have you, I told you a story about when I saw um, a ghost that looked like um, Jean-Luc Picard? No um what's his name jesus christ it's just escaped me uh patrick stewart patrick stewart um i was about eight i think and uh i was in uh, the toilet of our bathroom of our first house we lived in and um used toilet got up started washing my hands and the door flung open and there was this person that was floating at the top of the stairs um, with uh, like a ruffle around the neck, you know, the uh, Edwardian kind of stuff, mm-hmm. in that kind of garb, that kind of era garb. And he looked like Patrick Stewart. And he was, was just floating. You, was you drunk? I was eight. So yes, I just had some mouthwash. No, um, <laughs> it was very weird. Like I shouted up, oh, I shouted down to say, there's somebody upstairs, there's somebody upstairs. Slammed the bathroom door shut yeah parents come running up and they're like like where, where have they gone?' and I was like, They were just there at the top of the stairs like, there's no one there, and they searched the rooms, and
2: mm-hmm. there was
1: nothing so but it but he looked like Patrick Stewart, and I don't know what had happened because I mean, I suppose that time I was watching like the next generation so I'd, I'd seen him and I knew who he was, and I used to watch that show, but obviously not dressed up like that, so I don't know how it all the elements came into place, but yeah, it looked like Patrick, the ghost of Patrick Stewart, who was still
2: alive, and he's still alive now. Um, um, didn't he do a film about Marley's ghost or uh, something like uh, that? He do you remember did, him? He did a Christmas Carol, didn't he? That's it. I'm sure he did something where he played a ghost. I
1: don't know. I don't know if he did play. Well, I don't know. He must have. I mean, he's had such a long career. He must have played a ghost at some point. Mm. But I'm sure, it was like a Dickens thing or. I, the Christmas Carol thing he did, I think, was mid to late nineties. I think yeah. so it's like it, it's it's past uh, this point, so yeah. I hadn't seen him in, in something like this yet. But yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll go through his back catalog. But uh, obviously, you are a massive Trek fan, yeah, uh, of all series. But I think particularly you're you're fond of the Next Generation, yeah. I, I, I think for most people, it's their favourite. The only person that isn't like that is my sister-in-law, who is uh, an original series. That's, that's her series, it's the original series. Right, yeah. But I think a lot of people like The Next Generation. I think it had a, a good kind of combination of decent action and stories as well as science.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I think I always found Trek to be a little bit too boring original track
2: yeah when i
1: was a yeah. kid i mean I, I imagine if i go back and watch it now i probably wouldn't find it quite like that but i think the next generation just looks a bit more well futuristic i suppose the
2: problem with gene roddenberry was that he wanted to create uh, a future that was something to aspire to where we had solved most diseases we'd solved most political differences we don't have any capitalism or communism or anything like that but the problem was was then there's no conflict <laughs> there's no war essentially so yeah. i think his vision adapted and it particularly adapted more rapidly once he passed away because if you look at things like uh, deep space nine and, and particularly voyager they're much more with voyager definitely was much more action heavy um, oh it was like war of the week yeah yeah literally yeah um, so there's literally. that I so do you have
1: you watched Picard I did not watch Picard um, because I really I've not really watched The Next Generation since it first came on and as you know from when I decided to do a suicidal uh, in some people's eyes decision to uh, change Diz After Dark to Disney Parks and Beyond Mm -hmm. the two part end of that series um, I, announced it on one, I announced it on one episode and, in the, and then we had like the last episode and I used the um, the, the title from the, the the finale of Star Trek The Next Generation mm. um, which I don't think I think you were probably you were definitely the only person to mention it to me um, yeah. but I wonder how many but it was such a deep cut that I don't think a lot of people got it it was a geek <laughs> geek um, but I mean I I I really liked The Next Generation I don't think, though, saying that, I ever watched all of it because I used to watch it on BBC Two and I I know, I remember watching it until uh, Tasha, uh, was it Tasha Yar? Yeah, yeah. When she died. Uh-huh. And then I, I didn't watch it for a bit and then I remember watching it again and she was back.
2: I was like, huh? Yeah, well, she, yeah. The, yeah. She The actress wanted to leave that's right. And then they realised that they could probably do with her coming back. So then she, they brought her back via uh, dimensional changes and a daughter that she supposedly had and all this sort of rubbish. But, um, but so she same, never had the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she never really come back. Although, no, interestingly... Just did. yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, though, fun fact, she died in an episode, which I can't remember the name of now, but where this black ooze... Oily black liquid then a, a sort of um alien thing killed her. Um, all that was written by the guy that wrote Psycho, <laughs> yeah. Plymouth didn't know Alfred Hitchcock was involved,
0: yeah, um, de-
1: yeah, <laughs> Joseph. But, St- I don't know. but Gene Roddenberry, because didn't he die when did he die? Was it 90? Uh,
2: 99? yeah, I want to say. Midway
1: through next gen, something like that, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, I think, I i, I want to say it might have been around the time Star Trek six came out as a yeah. film, yeah, somewhere around it. So, yeah, probably about midway through next generation. So, yeah, I can see why the other series were a bit more, uh, well, Deep Space Nine was probably more political. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, but Forager, yeah, it was definitely more action back. Um. But yeah, so I know I I never watched all of Star Trek, but Mm -hmm. um, I I remember really enjoying that last season, especially. Um, Just wanted to see how they tied everything up. But um, yeah, I mean, that that show was great. Q, the Borg. um, You know, there there was a lot of good things to come out of it, but I haven't watched it really since then. Um, And so I was like, do I want to go and watch Picard without really kind of going back because I, I imagine there's like quite a few callbacks and stuff like that. Well, um, there
2: are but I watch YouTube easter egg videos so right. they, so I can spot some of them but even I because I haven't watched Next Gentle for many years so I watch a YouTube video and they'll, and they'll say oh well this dude means this this means that and it's like oh okay but there is two problems essentially with Picard and Picard is not unique in this regard quite a lot of fandom-based TV shows and films are suffering with this, in my opinion. The first thing that it suffers with is this sort of need to have, and Curb does this as well, is stretch out one storyline across a whole season. Right. One story, Doctor Who's the same, you know, 20, you name it, they all do it. Um, So there's less, it becomes less episodic, Whereas next generation, everything was solved in that one episode, a bit like a Voyager as well. Yeah And the only o- overreaching arc in Voyager was they were trying to get home. That was it. But it's, it's done, I think, I think they do it, because if you miss an episode, then it spoils it for you. So they want you to consume all the episodes.: Yeah, I think. I think that's the reason behind it. So that's the first problem. I in my opinion. The second problem that Picard suffers with, and again, a lot of them, like Star Wars, massively suffers with this one, is that you have such a broad, knowledgeable fandom that they, and I know Matrix suffered with this as well, they will create videos and content and websites where they overthink things. Sherlock's another example. And they will essentially write between them, the fandom, better explanations and storylines than what is actually going on in the cinema or on TV
0: yeah
2: so Picard for example they said that one of the lead characters it will be a twist that he will actually be not who he says he is right I won't ruin it but and all of the things that they said uh, that made sense all the evidence was absolutely stacked up so you're like yep that's definitely happening Let's just wait for it to happen and it'll be a good twist, right? Didn't happen. Um, Hmm. Q, for example, the fandom kept going on and on about how he would be involved. He didn't show up. So, you know, there's those two issues, I think, that you'd be running arcs and this fandom that eats itself by basically creating better stories and ideas than what the actual filmmakers are doing because star wars has suffered with that massively haven't they
1: oh yeah i mean it's also suffered which trek uh, you might correct me here but doesn't seem to suffer from as much which is that um it has a very toxic fan base and mm. we live this time now where picard won't suffer with this but um definitely the, the second Star Wars film did, um, you know, with uh, the Mary Sue analogy, <laughs> which drives me nuts. I don't really get it. And I think it's ridiculous. And I think it's like incels or something that come up with this kind of nonsense about women and empowerment and everything like that. But it just drives me nuts. Um, and yeah, you 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 get this this kind of, well, it's not what I wanted, so therefore it's, it's shit, effectively. Um, and I, I I had a little bit of that myself when I watched The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I had this expectation going in there, having seen The Force Awakens, right? So, uh, you know, we're going to get Luke Skywalker and he's going to do this and he's going to say this and he's going to be a badass and blah, 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 and all this. And then I watched this film and there's like, you know, Le- Le- Leia Poppins and. <laughs> uh, there's a casino planet and uh Luke Skywalker's a whining man. I'm like, this isn't right. But saying that, when I when I went and re-watched it a few days later with knowing that you know this film wasn't what I thought it was going to be, I really enjoyed it because I I'd, I'd stopped overthinking it and just took it for what it was. And actually, the more I've watched it, the more I think it's actually on the nose because Every complaint that well, Luke Skywalker was just a moany old man. Well, actually, Luke Skywalker was a moany young man as well. He was a little whinger. So he hadn't actually changed very much. Mark Hamill can say what he likes about it because he plays the character and he doesn't think it was written very well. But you know what? Go back and watch those original films and you go, Yeah, actually, that's probably the evolution that they should have gone with. Because he, he was yeah. he wasn't the hero. Really, yeah, I And mean, he was the hero, but he wasn't like the all American hero or anything, he was a, a little whingy crybaby. Yeah. Um,
2: so yeah, well, I, Trek, he, you got Trek, Trek fans, I'd say definitely aren't as toxic, but they're not perfect.
1: No, they overthink and, and come up with their own things, yeah, I, I get that. Um, and I think the other problem, uh, and uh, you've watched it, so you can say it more, but. And obviously, Star Wars stuff from this as well is is fan service.
0: Yeah,
1: you want to see if you're going to have a show like that about the captain of, um, you know, the Enterprise D. Um, you you want them to have the same characters. You want their involvement. Yeah, but you can play up on that a little bit too much as well.
2: Well, you can, and, and this whole story arc that has to run ten. 10- one-hour-long episodes, really and truly the storyline of Picard is not as broad as what it could have been. So it could really have just been put across, say, three feature-length uh, TV movies, essentially. Right. It didn't need – there's definitely some episodes that don't need to exist. And there's this one campy episode where they go to this sort of like Vegas-y, stripper-y type. Planet and they all dress up as silly. I was oh,
1: just about to before when you said I, there was this campy episode where they went to. I was going to say a casino <laughs> planet and they it, fucking did, they did, they
2: did. <laughs> and you know, and, and and Patrick Stewart's doing this stupid accent. I can't remember what it was now. It was like a French accent or something. I'm thinking, well, aren't you Jean-Luc Picard, who was meant to be from France? But anyway, it, it just was. It just was not really needed at all. Um, so they kind of just strung it out because of this arc. Um, and it's becoming a little bit annoying really. Cause even like, like South Park does this now. South Park used to be like an episode a week. Every episode was different. The end. Now like this, what's it called? Verity farms or whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called now. Where he's selling weed. I mean, they've stretched that out. Every single episode of South Park has got the same stuff in it. And it's just becoming – TV shows are becoming slightly boring now because they have this art. Because if you don't like the art, you're not going to like the whole season. It's a waste of a season almost.
1: Yeah, and going – we'll stay on track for a little bit, but I just mentioned like Curb, as you say, is guilty of that. And a lot of people didn't like the last season of Curb because they didn't like the overarching story. Yeah. And I can kind of see, you know, I like the people involved, so it didn't bother me as much, but it wasn't as strong as some of the, you know, more recent seasons. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you're right. It, it will feel like a waste if you don't like the the story it's telling. Um, yeah. You know, tonight we watched um, watch The Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever watched The Goldbergs. No. I think you you would love it because it's it's set in the eighties, yeah, um, and it's about it's uh, a, a film producer and it's supposed to be like semi based on his life, but it, all it is is like eighty eighties homages. Yeah, so there's like an episode like when they rip off the Breakfast Club or uh, the Vacation films, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where some of the episodes are quite unnecessary because mm-hmm. it's just a sitcom, just a thirty minute sitcom. So although you watch them, you don't need to watch every episode to be able to enjoy it. And some episodes you think, well, this is a bit of a waste of time. Well, then you'll just watch the next episode and it will be fine. Yeah. But if you've got 10 episodes where it's telling that story, and I mean, The Mandalorian was like that, but luckily for that, the story kept you captivated the whole time.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's where it's needed. But if you used to take, for example, How I Met Your Mother, I don't know if you...
1: I'm familiar with it.
2: Okay, and then the other one I was going to say was um, Parks and Rec. The final two seasons of both of those shows are art seasons, whereas all the other seasons are just episode to episode to episode to episode. So it's just interesting that those two final seasons where it was cancelled, both have a real – because the final season, basically, the whole season of How I Met Your Mother is basically the three or four days around his wedding. Yes. The whole season.
1: <laughs> because it's drawing, it's drawing it to conclude, like, How I Met Your Mother was interesting. I, I never really got into it, but I thought the concept was interesting in the fact that this was a dad telling his kids how, they, how he met his, uh, their mother. Um, and so the whole series had that story in that uh, you knew it had a conclusion.
2: Yeah, Most but, sitcoms
1: it, don't have a conclusion. But,
2: but that's true, and that's fine. And there was this overall arc that that's what he was doing, and that's fine. But every episode was different, whereas the yes. final season was literally three or four days stretched out to 24 episodes, yep. set in the same hotel. The actors weren't all together at the same time, so they weren't bouncing off each other, which they had done in all the previous seasons. So it made it really tedious, really boring, and really naff. Right. So my point is, is why must we just continually be doing this now? Yeah. It doesn't matter what genre, every TV show is doing it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Arrested Development is a show that I really like. And those first three seasons are superb. And when they brought it back for Netflix, and they couldn't get everyone together at the same time. I mean the fourth season's a mess really it was yeah. still quite enjoyable but it bounced around all over the timelines because of when they could get people together yeah so it, it felt odd and I, I didn't even bother with the fifth because I thought oh, just, the third, the fourth one just didn't grab me as as much as the, the the previous ones and I can just keep those on rotation rather than the newer stuff yeah um but yeah, I know you mean, like, the cre- creativity seems to be a bit lacky.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know if it's a fad or a trend or what it is, really. It's just this need to want to do these arcs when they don't necessarily need to, you know? So speaking of
1: arcs, Kirby yeah. Infusionism, you mentioned that. Yeah. Have you Have you finished it? I have, yeah.
2: So, okay. the, so the whole Spite Store thing, I've, I've finished it, yeah.
1: Yeah, because um, I know like Sky was a couple of weeks behind the US and I was watched it at a US pace. Um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was a good season. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funnier than the last season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I enjoyed the storyline more, the whole Spite Store thing. I loved yeah. the callbacks as well to like uh, people going into Mocker Joes and, and kind of going, yeah, the, the, like table wobbles, why does it do that? Yeah. And that kind of be like a running joke for everybody that experienced it, and the the dry muffin, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or scone, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a lot, a lot of positive with this one. Even if some of the episodes felt a bit long, like the wedding one was a bit long. But I thought it was a season. I thought it worked uh, a lot better than the the previous one had.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that because I think the previous one was was it the previous one where it had a bit of a hiatus? Yes. Because, I mean, don't forget, he started doing this 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite unbelievable, really. Um, But it felt, to me, I wouldn't say it felt completely fresh, but it did feel like there's a lot more energy in it, that it could go definitely for a couple more seasons.
1: Yes. Yeah. The only thing um, Lindsay didn't like watching it was um, she didn't like the fact that Vince Vaughn was not playing himself. Yeah. That he was playing like uh, a relative of like, uh, you know, another Funkhauser relative. Yeah. Um, I think she couldn't detract the fact that he was actually playing a character, not himself. Yeah. When you have so many people playing around it, but I, I didn't have a problem with that myself.
2: I mean, yeah, I didn't necessarily have a problem with that, but I know what she means. Cause Vince Vaughn, generally speaking, plays Vince Vaughn in every film. Yes. He doesn't, He he's not known for range. Yeah. So I get what she means but yeah. like you I didn't really I mean the first time we meet him I was a little bit but then that episode I think was the one with the blow up doll which I think was probably the funniest of all of them <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure what
1: my, my funniest one was um but yeah that 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 was that was quite a like the Trump um with oh, the yeah. Trump hat and stuff uh, which cracked me up when Donald Trump actually thought that was um like Uh, Praise for him. (laughs) (laughs) Really like that. Um, But considering as well, like um, Jeff, so Jeff plays the dad in the Goldbergs. That's right, yeah. Um, So he's obviously filming that. And yet, he was in it a lot and it didn't feel like uh, like he was missing
2: a lot of time. Mm. Like he was in pretty much every episode. No, it's true actually, yeah. It, It was very funny where they were making him People thought he was um, oh Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh
1: dear. I did like. it. I like the commentary about like the the kind of me too thing as well. But um yeah, I thought it was a good season. I thought uh, you know I enjoyed the finale as well. I liked the the fact that he would roped some other people into uh, create spite stores as well. Yeah, that was well done. Um, I thought that was quite good. um yeah, uh, yeah, it, it just felt back on form after a, a season which felt a little bit like uh, I really I was really pleased they announced another season after the last one because I thought
2: you've got to make it better, yeah, you've got to improve on that, yeah, definitely. Um, but I yeah, think we, it, I think we need stuff like that because comedy over the last decade has taken a massive hit with what you can say, what you can't say, um, and a lot of standard comedies like South Park, for example, that has really fizzled out. You needed something like that to put a uh, microscope, magnifying glass up to the current society the way it is because it is hilarious. It does need, it does need uh, highlighting how stupid we all are sometimes. And I think Kerb does that perfectly. Um, and we need more of that. And it come, and the
1: thing is, it comes down to who's involved with it as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You can't. You, no one can just do that. You've got to have the right ability to do it. Yeah, um, and that's why you see a lot of things try really hard and fail. Yeah, and just miss the mark. But something like that does. And he's a genius. Like I've been after I finished watching Curb, I, I whacked on a few old episodes of um, of Seinfeld, and. Um, you know, it, again, it still holds up and that show's like like 30 years old now Yeah, when Seinfeld started and it, I still think it's genius. Um, you yeah, know, again, not every episode is, is brilliant but there are some episodes that are just like fantastic and also yeah. you can see obviously that Curb influence because obviously Larry David was you know, behind
2: Seinfeld. Um, but how many people can say in their lifetime I mean there are a few, but how many of you have had two massively successful t v shows like that yeah, exactly there's not many and certainly not any recently
1: yeah, that's the thing i mean even the um i mean, i I've, i never I never rated it much myself, but friends yeah um you know I let people love it, and my wife loves it i I could just give or take it. I watched it, but it, it didn't leave like uh, it didn't rule my life kind of thing um the guys behind that—they tried other stuff and nothing, nothing worked. Yeah, nothing yeah. captured that spirit. Whilst he's, as you say, not too out. Mm. You know,
2: it's, that, it's quite incredible. Is it Chuck Jones, the guy behind Big Bang Theory? Yes, he's done a few things, but then I don't think he writes them, does he? Uh, I, I don't know.
1: I know he definitely produces them. I'm not sure if he writes yeah. them, but I mean, to be honest, I think they're all trash anyway. Oh, are they? For, okay. For me, like I, I Big Bang Theory I think is just horrific. Um, two and a half men, Charlie Sheen is entertaining. Like, you mm. know, to see him in something like that is is quite fun, I suppose. But I yeah. never really I, I've watched like a handful of episodes, both of those shows, and not laughed and just thought I don't need to watch any more of those. Mm. That's it. It's just mm. not my not my humour. I was talking to someone today. The community's just hit Netflix, um, and it's a show I've always raved about. But he said, um, you know, if you like Big Bang Theory, you should give this a watch. I know if you don't like Big Bang Theory, you should give this a watch. And I said, actually, no, if you like Big Bang Theory, you should give this a watch to see what a funny comedy about geeks is actually like. Mm -hmm. Um, because I I don't, you've never seen it, have you? No, no, no. it's it's fantastic um i mean it's really well kind of regarded it's still got quite a cult following and mm-hmm. also it's where the russo's really kind of started to take off oh right they i mean they've done other shows like the rest of element they did early seasons of that as well but mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff and community is what got them the captain america gig oh right Gosh. and then obviously the rest of marvel was theirs yeah um that's not to say that that's what the show is like far from it but it's um there are there are certain episodes where they kind of really kind of askew what a sitcom would normally do and it's quite filmatic and i think that it was those kind of touches that got the got them the uh, the attention of uh, the marvel execs mm. um, but yeah that's that's a phenomenal show really recommend it to anybody um i had
2: Tickets to go and see Big Bang being filmed. Oh, uh, the Warner Lot. Yeah, the Warner Lot. And um, the tickets we had, we could meet the cast afterwards. Wow. And um, we couldn't go. Um, I was. um, I actually had uh, food poisoning. Uh, Yeah, good timing. So um, we, uh, I emailed. Them and got put through to a producer, I forget his name now. And I said to him what happened. He said, Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I gave them away, and someone else went um, in our place. And then she told me that um, the only guy that would meet anybody was Raj. Wow. Apparently, every time there's a meet the cast, it's always Raj. Nobody else bothers. <laughs>
1: Well, I suppose um David from Roseanne, that's how I always remember him.
2: <laughs>
1: uh was kind of a, a bit of a big shot anyway. Yeah. By the time currently like you know, you know, he's done a lot of work in T V. And then uh, the main Sheldon, um, he was getting a bit of a, a Hollywood career, wasn't he? Yeah, apparently
2: he doesn't meet anyone ever. He so does like,
1: seem if, the type, to be honest. Like He yeah. seems quite... Like I've always thought he's probably perfect for that role because it's probably not that dissimilar from how makes yeah. like, him to be in real life. I mean, he, could, he, could, he may not be, but he yeah. seems quite like that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him do press and stuff like that, so... Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. Disappointing if you're a fan,
2: but... I did see Penny on a golf cart, though on a golf cart <laughs> yeah yeah when we did the tour when you do the tour at Warner Brothers they take you on a golf carts wow you around. and um, we went past and she was coming the other way and she's incredibly thin in real life I mean these people are all incredibly thin all of them are I mean even like uh, the hangover the guy with the beard even he's incredibly thin you wouldn't think it but they are Wow. and on the Warner lot they got a gym just for the actors actors right. only and uh, she was going there <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's one way of keeping them all in shape, isn't it? Mm. Really. <sighs> to be a Hollywood star. <laughs> um, have you, before we go, have you caught up with any films? Um, I know you, obviously, you, you saw The Invisible Man. Yeah. A, a cracking podcast
2: about that. For anyone oh, I think you saw. Um. What have I? You probably know what I've watched anyway. I probably told you I've watched Mary Poppins 2 you today. Watch, yeah, watched Mary Poppins Returns and Mary Poppins Electric You Boogaloo. Um, that is such a shame. I was talking to my uh, Maureen, my mother-in-law, as you know now. Yes. Um, about this, and it's such a shame. You can tell that Balloon Lady was written for Julie Andrews. Yes, I've told you the story about that, haven't I? You have,
1: yeah. yeah about the finances I, and that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Of course, it would have be been better. Um, because it would have tied in. Although I also see the the argument they put out when they said, Oh no, it wasn't about finance, about it being distracting from the new Mary Poppins. Kind of I get that to an extent as well, it might have been a little bit jarry, but it's right at the end of the film, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Um but I'll I'll be honest, like I've I've only watched it once all the way through and I've seen bits and pieces when it's been on the telly and, and whatnot. Um, But I just think it's a lovely looking film. I think it Mm. captures the vibe of the original. I think the problem for me is that I never grew up obsessed with Mary Poppins, Mm. the original. So for me, a a sequel didn't bother me coming out. And therefore, because I didn't have it in such high regard, um, I could watch it on its own merits and not be too critical. Whilst our beloved P-dubs, you know, that's his favourite film. Mm. So he wasn't a, a, as big a fan. Uh, I think he, he liked it, but he yeah he wasn't he wasn't in love with it. Um, but I thought she did a really good job. I thought um, the way they filmed everything. The, the, the most impressive bit for me is the the bathtub. Oh god, yeah. Have you ever seen yeah. the, Have you ever seen the, the lot of making yeah, of it? I did, yeah.
2: <laughs> what fun. Um, I mean, it, it must hold a record for being the longest because Psycho 2 was at one point. But the record between the original coming out and the sequel being released, it must have the record for that, surely. I think I think Tron
1: Legacy did until Mary Poppins. Because, Psycho 2 before Tron definitely had it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, um, well, when, when did Psycho come out? Was it 60? Sixty. And I think Psycho 80, 2 was 82, 83? Yeah, something like that. I want to say eighty-three. Wow. Um, but I could be wrong. Um but yeah, so that was twenty-three years and, and Tron two was eighty-two to two thousand ten. So twenty-eight years. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that had the record until Mary Poppins, which I think was like something to like forty six years or something.
0: Something <laughs> like that,
1: maybe longer. Um uh, it's a record that's probably not going to be broken. That's for sure, unless they do Casablanca too or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, of course. Um, but I, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a shame it didn't really find its audience. It didn't do it, similar to Mary Poppins. Actually, that wasn't a <laughs> Fox, obviously it was it. But um, well, I wonder if we
2: were back then a little bit Disneyed out. Well, when it came out, mm. possibly yeah so I think we've been the last few years to be honest there's been so many Disney films this is what I mean I mean they can't moan they haven't made money because they've had so many hits
1: yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah I think it's a shame because I'd like to have seen her do another Mary Poppins but I don't think we'll see that now no Um, even with the the land or the 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 new ride they were supposed to be putting in which obviously is now on uh, hiatus um which of course, like the only reason they're doing that is because they've made this new film with Emily Blunt, and therefore could use a likeness of her. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: the I whole mean, reason they,
1: they didn't do anything before.
2: I mean, they might, they might possibly do another Mary Poppins. I mean, it's I don't know. They might, they might do. I don't know what the finance. I don't know how well it did at the box office. Oh, it didn't do well at all. Did it not?
1: No, it, it, made, it made back its budget, but I think I want to say they spent, like hundred and hundred hundred and fifty million dollars on it or something and it might have made like two fifty, three hundred. Yeah, they'll probably mine their back catalogue before they go back to it, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean I don't know if they've got the the rights to other books and, you know, they could slim it down and do a Disney Plus film or something. I d I don't know
2: well now Mrs Travers is dead and the relatives live off this so I I'm, should imagine they'd be more than willing to let Disney have whatever they want a mm. catalogue maybe
1: they're just do an animated series or something that's pretty cheaper yeah yeah I don't know um yeah you've not seen The Hunt or anything like that
2: no no I, I quite enjoyed that really I, I rely on Amanda to see things like that so then she tells me all about she it she doesn't and... go to cinema <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean he's he's now available on streaming to be fair but um because that's 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 been the, the really interesting thing like recently is like everything's had to be released early yeah so everything that i've seen or, or a lot of the stuff i saw this year at the cinema is now out to stream and a few things that i missed are now available to stream as well um so i've seen the hedgehog about three times now my oh, daughter gosh. loves that film <laughs> um and it's and it's fine, because it's one of the few kids films of recent times that I actually think is really good. Then there's she, a surprise. She made me watch the Playmobil movie. I, I cannot Gosh. tell you how awful it is. It is just the worst. Wow. Um, but, I mean, Sonic was only good because Jim Carrey was Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey in it. Uh, it really upped the film. But it was much better than it had any right to be. Uh, by any means. That's got talk of a sequel now, hasn't it? I was reading. Oh, Sonic's, Sonic's definitely getting a sequel. No, 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 not Sonic, Ace Ventura. Yes, I've heard something about that. Didn't, did you did you not see one of them being filmed, one of the sequels?
2: I did, the kids, the one with the kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they shot there. that at um, Universal Orlando.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this might be the start of a bit of a renaissance for uh, the crackpot Jim Carrey, I love him, yeah. but uh, the guy is a, a nutjob.
0: Uh,
2: oh sorry. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, he had that bad court case, didn't he? As well. Yes. Apparently, he's got a
1: show that's quite good. It's like a dark comedy where he's a children's TV presenter. Where's that then? Uh, it's on Sky. Oh, okay. Uh, where was it? I can't. It might. It might have been FX in America or something like that. But um, it was uh, it was him and Michelle Gondry who'd worked on him on like um, Eternal Sunshine and stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. And Michelle yeah.
1: Gondry done stuff. What was that? Uh, Be Kind Rewind. You know, he's very artsy.
2: Yeah.
1: He's approached to films. Um, but yeah, I saw the first couple of episodes of that a while ago and thought, actually, this is pretty good. I was going to sit down with the wife and watch it and never did. Oh. Um, but it, that's just finished the second season as well. But, uh, yeah, I think now we're just waiting for, like, the what the big studios are doing. You know, we talked earlier about, about Sony, but, you know, Disney have obviously got a few Marvel films coming out this year. And, you know, what are they going to do? I they just released them.
2: I don't know. I think the future is um, Bloomhouse. It's, you know, low risk, low budget. Um, well, how much does is- that? I
1: know it's. I know we can't say now, but how much was the Invisible Man doing before the box
2: office, like cinemas, were closed? Don't know. I think it was at the top of the box office, but then I don't think there was much out to compete with it. No, the the last two box
1: offices' charts were uh, owned by onward. Mm. I want to say Invisible Man had done over a hundred million by that point, and it had cost what three three million dollars or something
2: stupid um
1: yeah it was ridiculously cheap really
2: budget. low budget it doesn't look it
1: i don't think it looks it to be honest
2: no it just it just shows you what you can do with the right people using the right equipment um, have you um have you seen the behind the scenes no
1: <sighs> so clever yeah how they do the how they do the like the the invisible man stuff is really clever. Mm. which is fighting nobody. It's uh, yeah. Go and check that out.
2: But you know, um, I was telling you earlier about this fandom that eats itself by creating better stories and ideas and what they're actually seeing. And then because they don't see what they thought of, they then moan about it. Yeah. Um, um, when they have approached properties that have got a big fan base, though, like for example, Halloween, they actually employed a writing staff that included a guy and he was solely there because he knew the franchise inside out and back to front. Wow. So when they were writing it, he could input all this stuff that would keep the fans happy. Um, but also tell them what not to do. So they don't copy anything that had been done in a previous film.
1: Yeah. Or wouldn't go to somebody. Oh, well actually in Halloween four, Laurie did this Mm. and, and that person was dead or whatever. Mm. Um, That's what they should do. Like, it's not hard, is it? If you're going to do a sequel to something to just actually watch what you're doing.
2: Well, this is it. Old Star Trek used to have a guy that did that as well, that knew Star Trek inside out, back to front. So he would go through every script and say, look, you can't do that, you can't say that, that's been done before, blah, blah, blah. So they used to do that then. That was back in the 90s. So it's not really something new, but it seems to have been forgotten about. They don't seem to do this anymore. A lot of care's gone. Yeah. Is it it's
1: like, that's what it feels like to me. It's that the people that get to do this, it's we're getting paid to do a job. Yeah. And we'll do it our way almost. Yeah. Screw everyone else. Yeah. Mm. Um, is there anything else you wanted
2: to to bring up before we close? No. No, no. I think we said enough to um potentially be sued yet again, so <laughs> we better cut it there, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Before the law I'll take down if the lawsuits come in.
0: Yeah think- I'm
1: sure. I don't think anyone's gonna be worrying about lawsuits at the moment. We've got far too many other big fish to fry.
2: Well Dickie Branson needs the money. He might think, we'll sue them. They've got loads of Patreon money. Let's sue them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was doing them I was doing the maths. Actually know what? I'll see you off air actually. I'll tell you off alright Um cool. Well thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Um, sitting
2: down with you and just chatting the shit. Oh, um, likewise, sort of, likewise, Tune the facts, tune the facts, yeah. that's what I mean. And um, spoilers to our conversation in a minute, we don't make any money whatsoever, so <laughs> it just <laughs> goes on overhead, so don't worry not, about it. Not, not as, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not the diz. Yeah, we're not we're, on uh, tracker money, lend, yet.
1: Lend Tesla money, you know. Exactly yeah. <laughs> not. Jesus. Um, but no, thank you. Thank you for downloading, for listening. Um, if there's anything you want us to talk about, uh, maybe an old TV show, that we've forgotten about or something um, get in touch it'd be good to hear from you just email disasterdark at gmail.com I I've got far too many email addresses but I do check that one so yeah um, but yeah we'll,
2: some people have sent in suggestions haven't they so we will yes have to
1: do... yes yeah uh, in fact we've got one uh, outside of this we've got one for uh, Discover DLP the other day we've got to talk about Slash Mountain and why it's not in Paris after what we were oh, talking about oh, earlier so uh interesting why
2: it's not there eh?
1: Yeah, I I know I know exactly why, because I, I looked it up um uh, doing my book. So that's not coming out.
2: Um they don't mean? like racist um
1: attractions in France? Pretty much it. No, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll have to you'll have to find out later Ooh. when it gets recorded in in a, a week's time. But um thank you, Mr. Ripley. It's always a pleasure and we'll see you, you for another one of these in pff,
2: mm, months. Whenever.
1: Yeah.
0: When.
2: <laughs> Literally, whenever. Whenever. When <laughs> we lock down, who knows? Yeah, might, might be next week at this rate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dark Podcast Network.